What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to an episode of Bloke in a Bar. This week, we don't have a new interview. We've got an old interview, though. An interview when Nico Hines had just left the storm and he was about to head to the Sharks. It is such an intriguing chat. Obviously, a lot of these stories are timeless about him growing up, going through everything he went through, times where he really struggled with his mental health, but also just hearing about his mindset heading into the Sharks. It is super interesting. You aren't going to, if you haven't listened to this, trust me, sit down. Crack a bloke open, enjoy Nico Hines, talk about his career. And also, before we get into it, this Friday, myself, Timmy, Maddie, Guru will be at the Riverina in Wagga Wagga doing a live podcast at 6pm. Make sure to get down, even if it's just for an hour, have a few bloke beers with us, shake our hand. So we can say thank you for being part of the bloke community. We had a mass, a really, really good time in Armadale last week. So make sure to get down. That's the Riverina. Also, the locals have said it's called the Riv. So get down to the Riv at Wagga Wagga, come watch the show, say hi, it's a great night. Also, every single Celebrations in New South Wales and Queensland currently has Bloke on special. You can get Bloke beer for as low as $53. I'm getting absolutely robbed, absolutely robbed. Anyway, as usual, let's get into the podcast and you guys are gonna love this one, absolutely love this one. So listen to Nico Hines tell his incredible story. Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by Bloke in a Bar Beer. What keeps the lights on? Allegedly, it fuels the machine that you are witnessing. The Bloke in a Bar machine is is fueled by Bloke Beer. We tip it into the, the fuel machine over there, and then it just gets all this content that gets spat out. It is by Bloke in a Bar. So grab a case of Bloke in a Bar, supports the platform. But now onto the important stuff. I am here with the great man, Nico Hines. Hey, have I been, do I say it wrong every time? Is it Nico or Nico? Nico, but a lot of some of the poly boys say Nico. Nico, I think I've been saying Nico. I'm not a poly boy. Matty thinks he's a poly boy. Yeah, right. Yeah, he reckons he's a poly boy. Matty's literally whiter than a ghost. So no, he's not that white water. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, mate, how are you enjoying the uh, off season? Yeah, it's been good. Um, got to spend some quality time with my baby nieces and dad, mum, family, and that mm. brother. So. Haven't spent much time with them over the, the COVID, oh, man. Um, you know, inflicted year of footy. So that's oh, good to come home, see mates and family and just cruise for a bit. And so you're in Sydney currently, but you've still got to go back home to get your stuff and then come move to Sydney? Yeah, so I get the keys for the new house on Monday in Cronulla. Mm. Uh, I've been living... I reckon it's a mansion on the water. That's all <laughs> that is. It is across the road from the beach, but it's not a mansion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you're the Storm Boys saying money bags, I reckon. Ah, uh, no. Nah, they, they all took it. That's why I couldn't stay there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I moved there next week. Um, a lot of my stuff from Melbourne's on the Central Coast with my dad's house and yep. just slowly start moving it down. Is it... What's what's the feeling like? Because obviously you've basically been at Storm since. Obviously you were at Manly in the under twenties, but like yep. professionally, Storm is basically your only home. Yeah, yeah. What's that feeling like? You know, new club, you're going in as an NRL player. What's it like? It's um, it was a bit bittersweet at the start, and you know, get saying goodbye towards the end of the year. We didn't really get to finish how we thought we would have, and um, obviously we went. We done a, a team trip in the Goldie, and everyone kind of just went off because there was a bit of a COVID scare on the Gold Coast. So all the boys quickly ran back to where they were from and um, oh, really? didn't really get to say goodbye properly. And then all that coaching staff went back to Melbourne because all their families, some of their families didn't come up. So mm. after our drinks on Monday, well, on Sunday it was, there was a flight home straight to Melbourne and they all got on the, the flight home. I didn't really get to say goodbye to some of the coaching staff oh. either. So it was, uh, it was tough doing that, not being able to get a proper send off. Um, I got back to the Central Coast and I was very emotional, to be honest. Like mm, I was 100%. just reflecting on the year and the last three years and, and all the, the mates I've made and the mm. brotherhood we kind of made there. And 
yeah, I got very emotional, and uh, but it was good. I, I spent time to reflect on it, and now I've kind of done that. I'm, I'm ready to move forward and excited for the new journey. I'm telling you, nothing hits you harder than silence. And what I mean by that is like when you go home to Central Coast, obviously. Yep. I'm, I'm from, uh, it's an ongoing joke internally, but I'm from the country, Mudrabah on the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> but out in, I live on acreage. Yep. And like when you're out there, the quiet is just fully quiet. And it, you, you get in this kind of reflective mood, as, yeah. I, as you said. Whereas, like, sometimes if you live in the city and you just go, 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 you don't have a chance to, like, take a step back and, like, really think about what has happened and, and digest it. Yeah, exactly. And, right. and what, that, is that what it was like on the Central Coast? Was that just kind of... And yeah, it was. Wow. And a lot of my mates obviously work, so mm. I had a lot of days to myself and to think about it. But I think it's important you do that because mm. if you're on the go constantly and I think reflection's really an important part of who you are and, and moving forward. So, mm. um, yeah, it was good. And, you know, I made... Like an unbelievable friendships and um, you know Craig Bellamy, Frank Panisi, like you know they made me who I am and and the footy player I wanted to become. So I'm always going to stay connected with those guys, mm. um, you know. And I'll, I get to go back to the presentation night in a few weeks to have a proper goodbye. So well, I'm at looking least you forward get that. to that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm grateful that the the Sharks gonna let me do that too. So it's yep. exciting for that. Made a uh, exciting time. So okay, well, we'll just go to the to the switch. What walk us through? You know, Stormer. Uh, I guess, known for if they want to keep you, they, they keep you. But obviously, sometimes every few years, they lose a player they really want to keep because they've got such a good system and such a good roster. Yeah. Walk us through the whole process. When did it become apparent to you that you may have to move on from the Storm? Yeah, I think, well, last year, when obviously we went the grand, grand final that year, and I played um, a few games at fullback when um, Paps was out. And you know, I think I started to find my feet a little bit and mm. I was... Uh, I thought I was ready, but I had conversations with my, my manager and, and a few people that are close to me that know a bit about footy and they said, just go one more year, you know, learn a little bit more and then next year you'll get more experience and then you know, once you feel like you're ready, you've got to be more ready. And, mm. and then I had, I had another good pre-season and then obviously when Paps got injured and then got the head knock and I spent a lot, a lot of time at fullback and then I started to really find my feet and then, um, you know, I really, really enjoyed being a, a main part of a team, Absolutely. you know, doing a game plan, um, you know, and the boys looked at me in to, to lead the team and, and to be a main member and I was like, all right, this is what I want for the rest of my career mm. and there's going to be a time where Paps is going to come back and, mm. you know, he's, you know, he won the Clive Churchill last year, so yep. he, he's the number one of this club. Um, you know, I, I felt like I was playing really good footy, and but still, he was still the number one at the time. And I thought, you know, I, I've, I think for me to progress my career and for me to be an NRL player um, that I want to be, and um, you know, and try and make rep teams and, and stand out, then I, I'm going to have to leave. And yeah, you know, the realization of that was pretty heartbreaking because you know that's my family, that's my club that I, I started my career at. And, yep. Um, but yeah, I. I got some advice and, and even the players at the club, you know, they said, you, if you want to continue how you're playing this year and, and be a main member of the team, you're probably going to have to go. And you know, I've got my, my teammates saying that. Uh, I got their, got their respect and, and, you know, I didn't want them to think I was going because I wasn't loyal. Mm. I was just going because I want to be a solid NRL player. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and it had to happen and, and it has now. So, um, Do you remember the, the kind of like, not, not, you don't have to remember specifically the day, but... When it, you said it out loud and it became a reality of like rang your manager and was like, look, let's let's get on the market. Yeah, I think um, I think when Paps got injured first, I think I played um, Sharks, Warriors, 
South and a few games in a row at fullback. And I started getting a bit of media speculation for the first time, mm. um, you know, and you know, you, you, at first when you're getting all that attention, you start noticing it. Yeah. And then you start thinking, all right, oh, maybe I can test the market. Mm. And then Magic Round was probably one of the biggest games for me for speculation of what I'm doing in my career because mm. after that game, a lot of media come out about what I was going to do. And and then, you know, I spoke to my manager and said, right, oh, I think it's time we actually have a, a good crack of seeing what we can do. And mm. And then I, I spoke to my dad and my brother a lot. They're the guys I talk to mostly about what I want to do. And, yep. you know, and I respect their opinion. And, yeah, they said, you know, well, I think it's time that you, you have a, a proper look. And, you know, when we did and, um, you know, I was very blown away about what I was receiving and, and the attention I was getting because that's something I've never received before. You know, yep. I've always been talking to reserve grade clubs. Yep. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was pretty uh, mind-blowing to think that, you know, me like Nico Hines who was a reserve grader now is getting all this attention from NRL clubs like it was pretty cool and yep. you know, I was very grateful that that happened and mm. it was just unfortunate that perhaps I had to get injured for me to do it but you know sometimes in life you, the only way you can get seen is if there's opportunity and yeah. I had to take my opportunity and I did and yeah and um, it was cool but obviously like I said it was pretty sad that it had to be me leave Melbourne yeah it is what it is and it's happened hey, it's, it's a lot of um, fans may not realize is that when you're on the fringes of first grade you know, it's more managers going out looking and you might get like one or two NRL clubs like, oh, yeah, we'll pay him minimum yeah. top 30, you know, he can come and have a crack. And so you're totally right. It's very bizarre to go from, it's just a strange feeling to go from desperate just to get a contract yeah. to, fuck, there's actually, you know, solid interest and I can, I can get a substantial longer term deal. So who was... Who was interested and like, how did that process happen? Yeah, uh, at first, obviously I was, the Bronx are pretty, um, you know, well known in, in Queensland, like with the media talking about what I was going to do with them. Yep. Um, I didn't, I didn't like know the Sharks were ever going to be an option. And, you know, one day my manager rings me up and says, you know, Craig Fitzgibbons wants to have a chat with you. Yep. Obviously he's going to be the head coach of the Sharks. And I just never thought the Sharks, you know, was going to be an option. And, um, you know, I rang him one afternoon after training and had a really, really good conversation with him. And Were you off. nervous before the phone call? I was. Yeah. I was so nervous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know what he wanted to talk to yeah. about. Obviously, it was about footy, but, you know, whether it was like a genuine interest or yeah. it was just like, oh, I have a chat to Nico. Like, whether it was my manager pushing for the conversation yeah. or whether it was him pushing for the conversation. So, yeah. oh, I just went into it pretty nervous, didn't know what was going to happen and just wanted to have a good chat with someone and... Yeah, he, everything he said in that conversation, I got off the phone, I think I rang my dad straight away. I was like, fuck, he's a real deal. Yeah. Um, you know, he's everything he said, his core values, what he wants to take to the club, the culture, just everything. I was like, fuck, this is a bit similar to, um, you know, what we have here. Mm. And then um, the Warriors come in, um, had, a, had a meeting with them as well. The Dragons, like they were umming and ahhing a bit, had a conversation with the Raiders. Um, so there was a there was a fair bit, and obviously yeah. Melbourne, like Melbourne, were always there. They were offering me a pretty good deal, like to not probably not be a starting player, and yeah. I was very like thrown away, and I was very surprised, but very grateful for their offer. Yeah, um, I always wanted to make sure that I was honest and very truthful from the start with the Storm. Yeah, um, you know, I wanted to tell them if I was going to go see someone. I just wanted to make sure that every conversation I had with another team, I was always making sure they were going to have an offer last. Yeah because I wanted to show them the respect. If they wanted to keep me, they had the, the right to have the last play at me. Yeah. 
And I was with Craig and Frank. I sat down with them a few times and was just upfront and honest with them. And, and they were awesome throughout the whole process. And they knew that I probably would have had to leave, but yeah. they were very, they really wanted to keep me as well. Mm. So I had all those clubs and um, I just think that the Sharks are going to suit me the most. And, mm. um, you know, Fitzy was, yeah, he's unbelievable. And getting to work with him in the Origin Camp too was, was pretty cool. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just think at the end of the day, it just come down to Fitzy, their young roster, and I just thought it was going to fit me. Yeah. Did um, Fitzy like call you or, or like regularly? Was it, was it his pursuit? Because like, what's, well, not ironic, but there's a lot of stories about Bellamy when he wants a player. He'll call them regularly, yep. be like, this is where I see you, and he'll just chat to them about anything. Yep. Was that similar to what Craig did? Yeah, it was. After that first conversation, um, you know, I got off the phone, and I was like pretty excited about it. And then a couple of days later, you know, he called me again, and he was excited about the conversation we had, and he just was like, man, I just want to keep chatting to you like i had a we had a good conversation i'm pretty excited i want to keep com- like talking to you about gameplay and where i see you and where you see us if mm. I, if we're in uh in contention and yeah i just really enjoyed talking to him about footy and mm. what he wants wants to do and um you know and then a couple of days later he's calling again and texting me like you know he was just excited and yep. i remember like when i was coming out of 20s like i didn't really have that and the first reserve grade coach that called me to make me feel excited was pup from uh, north queensland and uh, I felt that from Fitzy as well, and and Fitzy was the first person to actually make me feel so wanted, and you know, mm. and and I'm a kind of guy that like really likes to feel wanted, and yeah. you know, and and he done that, and so many phone calls, and then I come down after the um, Indigenous round and met up with the Sharks, and then drove up from Cronulla to Central Coast with him in the car, and he was oh, really? the whole time, yeah. What's his music choice like? Uh, I don't even think there was music. I think it was just, just no radio and just chatting up for two hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> just yarning. Yeah, just yarning. You should have recorded it for a podcast, yeah, bro. No. <laughs> it should have been your debut podcast. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. <laughs> opportunity missed. Put it missed. on record and put it in your fucking yeah, pocket. Yeah, opportunity <laughs> missed, bro. Um, yeah. well, so it seems like the connection with Craig Fitzgibbon is something that really got it across the line. I, know, yeah. I, just, I knew when I told him that I was talking to Fitzy, they respected that and they, yeah. they really respect Craig Fitzgibbon as a bloke. And if I've got Frank and Craig's blessing who, yeah. you know, they're genuine people of rugby league and they, they know everything about rugby league, then I was happy with that decision. Yep. And it's important that they, they care about you first before the team. Yep. So if just as friends, if they're saying to you, this is the right decision, it, it does make it that much easier to make that decision because you do respect them so much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously you, you signed the deal, but this season for the Storm, what a what a strange, strange season! You break all these records, you look unbeatable, like mm-hmm. unbeatable. Yeah. And you get to that uh, prelim, and it's like you play the worst game fucking that you've played in in a few years. Like it was just bizarre. It was. It was. It was so bizarre and so unstorm like. If you could sum up the year, how would you sum it up? Like it's it's just a strange oh, year. It's hard because you break those records. You, we like broke so many records yeah. in in the year, but at the end of the day, if you don't go win the premiership, no one remembers it. Really, 100%. 100%. You know, we'll have that record with that great Roosters team for nineteen in a row, but you know you don't really remember if you don't go off and win the grand final, 100%. do you? So it's so bittersweet. But like for me, reflecting on it, like I really, really enjoyed the year, and I can put that down to like say, let's so to speak, breakout year or mm. you know, the year that I really stamped uh, myself as an NRL player and. You know, I loved every minute of playing with those boys and towards the back end, they were like some of Jesse Bromwich and that was saying, just make the most of it, bros, because you're, you're going to be gone next year. You're never going to get this again. And yep. so that's what I tried to do. I just tried to make the most of every moment with that team. Um, you know, I, 
we're even talking about it like when we're having a drinks on that Sunday. Like, fuck, it could be the best team to to never win the premiership. Like, yeah, it honestly, was, could. It was yeah. like such a great team, and yeah, it's going to be missed for sure. Mate, it's, yeah, it's such a, it's just a strange year. Like that last game oh. poisons everything. I know. Like, I don't know what happened. Like we just dropped the ball. We're just doing very unstorm-like yeah. things, and I just. I honestly can't put it down to what, what happened that game because yeah. it just wasn't us. It, yeah, it really wasn't. It, like, your completion rate was down. and, yeah. and Didn't help that Cheese and Welchie got injured. That killed you. Yeah. You know, Cheese and Welch are, like, arguably your two... Like, like Welch in the middle is your guy. He's like, our he's guy. your leader. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, Bromwich is there too. But, you know, you even look at Queensland when they lost Christian Welch, mm. they were a different side. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Cheese, probably your best player all season um, outside yourself. Like, you and him are probably neck and neck for best player of the season so to lose those two in the middle as well yeah. very hard to very recover hard. from that but storm usually do recover from that i know it's, it's just unbelievable mate right. far out so when when it was happening throughout this whole season what what do you what do you think you did differently at all if anything that made this form just kind of appear um that's a good question i don't know i i think i've seen the way paps played last year um, and I just knew if I got my opportunity, mm. I can do it as well. Mm. Obviously, we had two different types of players. Like he's a very fast, um, speedy player. I can get through gaps pretty easier where I'm more of a – I like to set up plays more. Yep. Um, and you've got the teammates to do it in that team. And I just think – I just thought, well, as soon as I get my opportunity, I need to grab it with both hands. So, you know, maybe I can set myself up with a new contract mm. and I can show to everyone that I can play at this level. Yeah. Um, and I just worked extremely hard on my craft and, and my game. You know, Billy Slater was humongous for me. And does he, he like, he's like a goat fullback factory. He just like makes yeah. players into the best fullback oh, in the game. It's, it's unbelievable. It's fucking wild, bro. It's, it's so crazy. Like, you will walk off a field and he'll have <coughs> clips there ready for you to really? know what you're doing good or what you can work on. Yeah. Um, you know, he'll come in sessions and we'll do things and, you know, he'll work on our craft with this and... You know, I've got him to thank huge mm. amounts for, for my performances this year, I reckon. And What's something that he kind of... What's his driving message, do you think, that, that kind of permeates through everything that he tries to teach you? Just play to your strengths, really. Yeah. Um, and he just gives you confidence to play with to your strengths. You mm. know, he's not going to come and train me like he would train Paps and he wouldn't yeah. train Paps like he would train me. Mm. You know, he would make sure that I'm setting up plays that suits me. Yeah. And, and he'll look at the the team we're playing up against and he'll probably see something that he knows that I'll can pick them apart with and mm. he'll show me go out and do it and you know when I do it it just feels so good because he's give, have the confidence in me to go out and play to my strengths and me going out and doing that plays from him like it's just yep. pretty cool that got Billy Slater giving me tips and I go out and do it and it's just like fuck that's has mad. there been any anyone any try that you can remember that you set up or whatever that Billy has gone look this player he tends to do this and you've nailed it on the field yeah yeah, there was. <laughs> speak to me, speak to me. I love this shit. Um, what game was it? It might have been, might have been the Roosters when we played at Newcastle. It was this play where, because um, I like to, sometimes I like to get the ball and I'll have three runners outside myself, the back rower, centre and winger. So let's say Kenny Bromwich, Justin Olam and Josh Adekar. Yeah, not bad. So I like them just all hitting holes. So we'll go... Um, Kenny and J- Juzzy in, inside, outside, centre. Yep. And then Joshy out holding the paint. And because I like my long ball, but then I've also, because I want to get to the half and, and try and, and put Kenny inside the centre or Juzzy outside the centre. Mm. But if the winger comes in, I'm just throwing long every yep. time. And I, I started running a fair bit and teams probably started to read it. And um, 
Satsi just goes, oh, why don't you keep running hard or fast and drop Kenny under show and then just pin it for the centre and see if he turns in or out. And actually, I think it was a South game where we beat him at ANZ and um, I did it and I, Kenny come under, held, I think he held Benji up for a little bit. Yep. Dummy and just went straight through and, and then Joshy ba- um, backed me up and scored the try and he yep. was just like, see, I told you. And oh, it was just it was that exact play he told me to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it doesn't like, work, yeah. What's crazy is it's like, because they... It's like countering a, a counter. Like, for example, you, they would have watched your video yep. and gone, oh, he's, he's tending to hit long or yep. whatever. So they go to read it. And then that, so Billy's like, okay, why don't you change it up? So yep. they, they go to defend what you usually do. Mm-hmm. And then obviously that gap just fucking opens. When it, was, yeah. when it opened wide, were you just like, oh, shit, yeah. let's go? I got through it and I was like, fuck you, Billy, you're always right. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's crazy. That's wild. There's a, the, the amount of people that say... Billy Slater is literally like a coach on the field, like at the back. He's, he talks so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, take us back to a, a young fella. Uh, obviously from the Central Coast. Yep, from the Central Coast. Um, born in Gosford. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> po- Apologies if I get this wrong, but uh, Wiradjuri? Wiradjuri descent? Wiradjuri. Wiradjuri. Yeah, Wiradjuri. Sorry, yep. sorry bro. Yeah, um, right. And so that is your tribe? Tribe, yeah. Yep. Um, and w- growing up, did you grow up? Because a, a sad thing that a lot of Indigenous people have to face is they're disconnected mm-hmm. from their Indigenous heritage yep. due to everything that's happened in the past. Obviously, Australia is trying to close that gap between the disconnection. But did you grow up connected to your Indigenous heritage or not really? No, nah, not at all. Yep. Um, so my mum is the Indigenous side of us mm. and her dad is the Indigenous side of her. And uh, I think he was he was a, a proper black fella, um, but he got taken away from her fucking when she was real young. Yep. And um, so I, I've never met him and wow. I, I wouldn't even know, you know, how black he is or, you know, I, I don't even think I know his name. Yep. Um, so, yeah, she's always had those traumas with, with not being connected to him. Um, and we never really stayed connected at all with, with our Aboriginal sign. And so it sad. wasn't really only till my mum was in jail and mm. um, she linked up with some of the Koori girls in there. And they like spoke to her about that because they could probably obviously tell and like, oh, you're black, eh? And she's going, yeah, yeah, but don't really know much. And so they kind of got it connected with it. And now I, I met a, um Indigenous fella, Bruce, his name is in high school. And, you know, he started yarning to me about it and I mm. started getting into it a bit. And yeah, so I didn't really start, um, you know, claiming I was Aboriginal really, so to speak, until I was in high school. And, yep. and then when I got out of high school and then went to Mackay anyway. So yeah, I kind of missed a lot of, my younger years knowing i was aboriginal kind of thing and you know taking part in certain things and staying connected and um but once i started to to realize who i was and start to be proud you know i really started to enjoy it and started Mm. to get connected and you know someone actually josh had a car like at the melbourne storm when i first you know got more connected with him like seeing how proud of an aboriginal man he is just made me so much more prouder and wanted to represent and yeah like just growing up, like when I first started finding out in high school, people were like, oh, whatever, Nico, you're not fucking Aboriginal, yeah. you know? And it kind of broke me hard a little bit. I used to hate hearing people say to me, yeah, yeah. nah, you're not Aboriginal. Just because of the colour of your skin. Yeah. 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 And, oh, no, you, you didn't go through primary school, being connect, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. in high school, like, you only found out late. So how, you don't know much, but whatever. Yeah. You may as well be an Aussie. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was just like, nah, fuck, fuck you, you know? Like, yeah. But then, you know, we got our papers eventually and, you know, I've started doing more things and it's just like a big fuck you to everyone who, Absolutely. you know, 
sad to say I wasn't, but really yep. I am. And deep down inside, I know I am. So yep. it's kind of stuff all the haters now. Yeah. And I love representing who I am. It's it's unbelievable, and it's mm. such a proud culture. And a lot of people, I can forget how long living culture it is, and don't long, educate the world, themselves. Bro. Yeah, educate themselves enough on on it, and are quick to bag it. But you know, we're, we're trying to make a stance and trying yep. to make it more known to to everyone how proud we are of our of our culture. Mate, it's um, it's. It's sad, like even a guy, you know, how you want to talk about this, years ago, like Jarrell Yayu, you would look at him, you would know he's Indigenous. But even him, uh, he, a similar situation, he wasn't connected to his growing up. He missed yep. a lot of that uh, learning about like something that is so important to you as a person. And, uh, and he, the way he described it, it was like it filled a hole for him. Like it was like all of a sudden a lot of things made sense to him. Yep. Um, and it is so sad that like people like yourself that are indigenous, he's indigenous, because of the trauma of the past, you're so disconnected from exactly it. Right. Yep. And it's going to take us a few generations to close that gap, you know? So, because obviously now you're in a position where you can teach your children, like this is our heritage. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's so sad that, that that happens. And also you're totally right about the culture. We have the oldest culture in the world, like as in indigenous culture, Australia has the old, oldest culture in the world. I think that's something that it's, we should be proud of that. Yeah, like, for sure. Like the oldest, by, by even, it, you know, I, I understand Indigenous history is different to Western's history in the sense of like measuring, you know, how far back uh, each goes. But even by Westernist standards and measurement of time, uh, the Indigenous culture is still the oldest in the world. Exactly right. Like it is absolutely should be celebrated. Like yeah, we should be going, sure. how fucking good is this? Oh, like, I agree for sure. And, you know, I'm someone who respects all cultures like the Maori culture yeah like all the boys in storm we're a lot of Maori boys and you know Samoan and Tongan like I just love seeing how proud they are of their cultures and you know I reckon I like a lot of Australians look at their cultures and love it like love seeing the haka like love seeing love all it, their 100%. war cries everyone loves it but yep. I just feel like I could be wrong people could be listening going no you're fucking totally wrong Nico but I just feel like when say before a game the Aboriginal dance is on mm. you know People, I just don't get a vibe that they love watching that. Yeah. You know, but I get a vibe that everyone loves seeing the haka. Everyone yep. loves it. Like, why, why can't everyone love seeing, you know, the Aboriginal people get up and do their dance before a game or, yep. you know what I mean? I think Welcome it's education, country. bro. Like, yeah. It's education for sure. Yeah. I think once, like, for example, I grew up and the first Indigenous person I ever met was in rugby league. We, weren't, we were taught a li- like a tiny bit in study of religion, I think, a tiny bit about the dream time. But it was taught as if, like, here's this kind of, like, civilization that yeah whatever whereas i think a lot of schools now hopefully are teaching the true history of the indigenous people what they went through um and then when, once like the re- okay here's an example when i see the war the war dance or the indigenous um dance like i think wow like that dance the history of it they were doing da- similar dances forty thousand years ago yeah. and we're seeing that now yeah. and that all comes from education finding yeah. out that that's an old culture and i think if a lot of people are like holy like that dance they used to do it before you know before war or mm-hmm. before like a greeting or whatever you would obviously know far more than me apologies if i'm speaking out of turn um yeah i think it's education bro yeah, I, th- sure. I really think it's i think that new zealand although they have also a lot of problems i think they did a much better job at educating their population and yeah, and making sure the language is spilled i know indigenous language is different because it's different tribes can speak yeah. different dialects and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like we've got a long ways to go to yeah. incorporate I, it as much. Yeah, I agree for sure. I think um, they can do better in schools, definitely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's, and again, that's not, um, I think a lot of people think just because if you're 
very like i think that should be taught doesn't mean i'm not proud of my australian culture either like i'm so proud of my australian culture but i also do believe that like indigenous we've got so much to learn about yeah. that like how did you survive sixty thousand years I know. Like, yeah. tell me that yeah. <laughs> tell me that part yeah, seriously. you know because like our, we're what how australia's what 200 years like 200 60,000 years think about this 60,000 years jesus if you believe in christianity was only two and a half thousand years ago 60,000 years so that is it's crazy when you put it like that <laughs> 30 times the depth the the the, the pyramids is only five six thousand years ago indigenous culture is 60 like that is wild it's insane <laughs> and if you i think if you if you like show put that in context to most people they'll start to realize how incredible it is yeah for sure that the indigenous population is still you know against all the trials they've been through are still here um okay yeah we'll walk us through growing up as a kid you said that your, your mother went to prison now what's funny is I've, I've seen a bit of your clips talking about this but i've purposely um, not watch the full thing because I always wanted to get you on the yeah, show and yeah. hear the story firsthand because it, it, the amount of people that have responded me like, mate, you've got to hear Nico's story, yeah. blah, blah. W walk us through growing up and what it was like. Yeah, so obviously born in Gossie. Um, spent a majority of my time in your minor. Um, but I think my, my parents split when I was very young. Um, Dad got a, a wife, Lisa, and, and she had a daughter, Jenna. So we've been with them for our whole life. And I obviously got a brother, Wade, um, and then me, Wade, and Mum lived together for a bit, and Mum actually found a, a new a new boyfriend, and um, I don't even know why. I probably don't even I don't even think I've asked the question why, but we ended up packing up and moving up to Maitland, mm. and which is near Newcastle, and we lived on a farm for a little bit, and we we're on there for I don't even know a year or two, I think, and um, unfortunately, my mum's boyfriend was a truck driver, and he fell asleep on the wheel and died. Wow. Yeah, oh, so. Yeah. Um, that would have been heartbreaking times for my mum. Obviously, I don't really remember a whole heap of it, but yep. um, yeah, that, that would have been a, a crazy time. It's amazing how like such a traumatic event in your mum's life, as a kid, you don't fully grasp, like she actually went through that. Yeah, exactly like, right. She went through the death of her boyfriend. Yeah, for sure. Hectic. Yeah, it's, you know, I going through like a relationship breakup, it's like losing someone, yeah. you know, because you you're with them every day and then you're not. And so for mum to go through that and you know, she probably didn't have as much help as she would have liked yeah, um, through it. And, and me and my brother were only very young, so mm. we couldn't help how we wanted, would have liked to. Yep. So we end up having to go back to um, your minor. Um, you know, we lived there for the, for the remainder of, of our upbringing. Um, but then obviously mum kind of went a bit downhill, but I think that she got like a, I think he might've got a parking ticket in her name and she obviously had to keep driving us around. Single parent had to drive us to footy game school. She just get, kept getting caught one too many times. and. Mm. Yeah, end up getting um, put in prison for um, X amount of time through driving while disqualified her license. They put her in prison. Yeah, a single yeah. mum. Yeah, yeah. How does that help anyone? I know. Yeah, I know. Um, so we we're, were very lucky that we still had you know, my dad and stepmom to go live at. Yeah. Um, you know, very grateful for that. And but from then on, so I was probably about in year kindergarten, year one. You too, I don't Do know. Do you have a vague memory of her being, like, going to jail at all? Or yeah, really? yeah, yeah. I got plenty of memory because it happened for the next six to eight years. Like, yeah. she was just in and out, you know, obviously going in there. Uh, she must have maybe knocked around the wrong crowd. Yeah. Um, that's a problem, though, that – apologies for interrupting you. But that's the problem about once you put people into the system, 
they become a part of the cycle. Yeah, exactly. And that's why putting someone in jail that doesn't really belong there, yes, what she did was wrong, she shouldn't have driven a license, blah, blah, blah. But rehabilit- well, find the problem and rehabilitate. Yeah. Don't put her in the system and then anyway, yeah, exactly. Sober. No, that's fine. It's, what you're saying is perfectly right. Um, but then she come out and, you know, obviously it would have been hard to come back into society, get a job straight away. Yep. You know, who wants to hire someone who's just been in jail for Absolutely. X amount of time. Um, but yeah, and she kind of hung out the wrong crowd again and, yep. and got into you know some things that she shouldn't have been doing yep. and you know and just got caught again in in those dramas and off she went again and just cut in and out for for a long time but uh probably the, the longest time she was in there for two two years two three years maybe wow. um yeah Are you were allowed so to go see her at the or not she didn't want that yeah we were i just don't think we made it an extreme effort to um you know she, she sent letters and that um, I remember one time we went and seen her. It was it was, it was very hard. Yeah. Um, but we still we still lived a life. I kind of lived a life where I'd lie about where she was. I, I was a bit in, not embarrassed, but I just didn't want my friends and their parents knowing mm. you know, what what was going on with my mother. And yeah. So I kind of kept that a bit of a lie. Um, yeah. So you but just I, told she was away. Mum's away. Just say, I think she, I think she said she, I said she was away looking after yeah. um, her mum in Maitland or something. Yeah. Um, but we still still played footy through all that time. Mm. Played footy at Yamina Bunnies. Um, you know, went to Yamina Public School and, and still had a, a fairly good upbringing. Like yeah. I was lucky that I had dad, like I said, um, to keep us uh, keep us going. But obviously, I think you, know, you, you want your mum around, and yeah. you know, there's certain <laughs> things you need Absolutely. your mum for that you yeah. can't have your dad for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I remember there was this one time where she come and picked me up from school. Um, you know, fucking, I think it was, she surprised me. She come out and I, mean, I was doing sport on the oval, your minor oval. Yeah. And some, I think some, like whoever was on office duty that day come over and said, oh, Nico, someone's here to pick you up. And I looked over and it was me mum. Hey, I haven't seen her in, I don't even know how long. And like, I was just smiling and just sprinted over to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Just jumped in her arms. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, this is the best ever. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it was so cool. Doesn't like, matter how old you get, bro. Yeah, exactly it's right. It's always yeah, like that. Yeah. And, and, and that age, like just... You know, not seen her for however long it was, and yep. just just laying eyes on her again it was it was so cool. And oh, yeah. um, but then like honestly, not too long later, like she was at a sports award day, and she took me home, and you know, I must have took me to Macca's, and we're having a great day. And then um, you know, fucking, she called me up. She said, "Oh, Nico, come down the street," and I went down the street and seen her, and um, literally fucking two minutes later, she's getting crash tackled to the ground by oh, an undercover cop, and put her in the handcuffs and chucked her away and like literally I witnessed all that happen like I was on my what? scooter went down to see her and she starts running bang took her down and fucking oh yeah chucked her God. away and like I was I don't think I was in like year five then I was about to go to the footy train and I was just like holy shit what is just happening did, did the cops know that you were there yeah yeah and they just yeah. didn't there's a kid they didn't care no nah, no nah. it was like yeah it that's was full-blown trauma like full-blown trauma yeah. for a kid yeah you know seeing her get taken away that day was 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 heartbreaking stuff but you know, a couple of years later, she'd come out and she was clean all through my high school life and we had a great upbringing. And, you know, like I said before, I had my dad there and, and dad done everything for me in, in that in that time as well. Yep. So I was very lucky I had that. Um, but, you know, like what what's happened in our life is, is made me who I am. And, yep. you know, I'm not going to take that away from, from me or my brother or, or them as well. And, you know, I love my mum very much. I love my dad for doing what he'd done for me as well in those times. Wow, that's incredible, man, for you to go through that and, and to see that. What do you, what did you think that you you everyone deals with things differently? What did you used to tell yourself to try and push through seeing your mother, you know, going through these situations, you know? Yeah. Um 
I think that you know, I wanted to be I wanted to be an NRL player my whole life, and you know if I was going to get there, I was doing it for her. Mm. Um, obviously, doing it for my brother and my dad and and his family as well. But you know, I just knew that I can use those struggles for motivation, and mm. um, you know they got to a point where I was like, fuck, I had my own struggles as well. But yep. um, you know, I just every time I was going through trainings and and I wanted to get to where I was and I just used it as motivation and you know I think it was it would have been the easy option to just go down the wrong path because I I've seen it all and I've had to deal with that and mm. you know I, I know a lot of people that just take an easy option yep um in life and you know, I didn't want to take that easy option you know I could have just went and go oh fuck my life's hard you know I'm just going to go out and party and just yeah just get blind every weekend get on the party drugs every weekend and go oh, fuck it I've had a hard life yeah, but I didn't want to do that. You know, mm. I wanted to make something of myself. My brother wanted to make something of himself, and I wanted to do my family proud. And mm. you know, I, if I get out on top, and then I can I can teach other people along the way that if they ever got a hard life, then they can get through it as well. And that's what I'm planning to do now. So just mm. just use it as motivation, I guess. It's uh, it's breaking the cycle. You know, it like is, it's right. very easy for you know the reason why kids often turn to drugs or whatever, or you know sell it or whatever, is because they've seen their parents do it. And it takes like one generation to go, nah, this, this is not going to be it. So then, you know, obviously you'll teach your kids to not do that. It's, it does, it's only going to hurt them, blah, blah, blah. Um, man, that's absolutely incredible to, to, to think that. And through all this time, were, so through all this time, were you making rep sides or anything or were you just playing footy for the love of it? Yeah, I remember my very first rep team was in year six. Yep. It was the New South Wales uh, schoolboys team. Mm-hmm. Tommy Trebojevic was in that team, actually. Oh, the great yeah. Tommy Trebojevic. Yeah. Um, so at this time, were you kind of associated with Manly at all? No, no. Nah, nah, so I was okay. only in year six. So I was 12 years old. Okay. Um, Jack Hetherington was in that team, actually, as well. Oh, yep. Uh, Connor, Tracy, Connor Tracy. Uh, Junior Totola. So we had a fair few yeah, in that team, actually. Um, so I remember making that team and, you know, when mum calls me every now and then from inside, you know, it, was a, it was such a proud moment to, mm. um, you know, to tell her that I was in my first New South Wales team. Yep. And then a couple of weeks later, literally, I was playing local footy and fucking like dumb my ankle and couldn't oh. play. And that was like another tough conversation when mum called me, like bawling my eyes out saying I can't play and yep. whatnot. But I still got to go away with the team and, and spend the time with the team. Oh, that's which good. Was cool. Um, yep. And then... Obviously went off to high school and was still really enjoying my footy. Mum was out then, so life was going good. Mm. Um, yeah, I played the Central Coast rep team, um, 13s, 14s, and then I was playing touch footy as well. Love touch footy. Yeah. Absolutely love touch footy. Touch footy is so good because, like, you get all the benefits of playing footy without getting towel up. Yeah. You feel like bash the yeah, whole time. Yeah, exactly right. And you learn so many different skills in touch yep. footy that you can take into league. Um, yeah, so and then I was playing that, and then I played in the Sydney North, Sydney Red that's like before you make New South Wales in, in the schoolboy stuff when I was about 15. And then Manly, that's when Manly seen me. Yep. And then they picked me up and then I uh, left the Central Coast. Oh, I still lived on the Central Coast. I just travelled to Manly all those years. Um, so what? So, so you got signed by Manly under 20s? Yeah, so I played Harold Matts under yep. 16s, SG Ball under 18s for a couple so of years. So you were driving 20s. like two hours? Yeah. Fuck. So, so how many times a week would you do that? Um, four hours. So when we were in Harold Matz and SG Bore, before we had our own license, we'd have to get we get on the train, catch the train to Gordon, which is in North Sydney. Yeah. And then How long's that from where you uh, are to about an hour. Yep. And then one of the boys who was travelling with us, his dad would pick us up from Gordon, take us over to Manly, train for a couple of hours, and then we'd drive all the way home. So, so we do that um twice a week. Yep. 
in the Harold Mats and then <sighs> would travel. So that was Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Friday, we'll go up to the northern end of the coast and do gym with a, a trainer there. Yep. And then when it got to SG Ball, obviously the training starts picking up. Mm. But then in 20s, traveling down there bloody four nights a week. That's when we had a license. So I was driving down from the Central Coast to Manly and back four nights a week and then <laughs> occasional Saturday session. So you'd be leaving at like three in the Arvo. Yeah, getting back at about nine, nine thirty, oh. ten. Yeah, it was torture. Lucky I wasn't any good at school. Otherwise, that would have been <laughs> so much harder if I was so switched on at Were school. Were you waking up just like yeah. every morning? Especially when we left school for that last year of 20s and you had to work all day. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit, a bit of a torture trip. But uh, and then I, my last year at Manly, I joined the first grade squad um, when Trent Barrett came to the club. So I did the pre-season and throughout the year with them and um, that was even more. So I was doing longer days at Manly. So I still live on the coast because I couldn't afford to go live in Manly. Yeah. It was just too hard and I wasn't on any good contract yeah. at Manly at the time. And I just stayed at home and, and didn't have to pay rent. Um, and I did the, the whole pre-season with uh, first grade for free. So I wasn't in any money. So I was traveling down five Fuck. days a week, spending all this money on fuel, not earning any money. Do you remember <laughs> the conversation with them asking you to come train first grade? Yeah, I remember... Um, so I think our 20s coach, Chatty Randall, called me up and said, oh, come train with first grade. They were only back for like a week and I, didn't, I think I trained one time with 20s, went back, trained with the first grade that day and I, I think I trained really well and done some good things and Chatty came up to me in the gym and he goes, oh, Baz wants to see in his office. I was like, oh shit, all right. <laughs> and then I, um, I think I went to see him but he was gone and drove home and my manager called me and said, mate, what did you do today? Because they, um, they want you to train for rest of the preseason now do the whole preseason with him he goes but there's a catch and i was like oh okay what's the catch and he goes oh they got no money to pay you and i was like oh but like it's my dream to yeah, train full-time yeah. first grade and i'm like i'm not turning that down so no I'm way and i'm doing it let's go i'll get my reward at the end of the preseason yeah, when i yeah. have a good preseason and yeah so i've done all that like i, I don't even know if that's legal to be honest yeah it's not legal it's not legal at all <laughs> like, you can't just expect someone to train like yeah, fuck. I mean, I, I would be the same as you, though. I'd do it. Yeah, I'd 100% for sure. 100% do it. I'm doing it. And yep. I was never going to say anything to anyone because nah. I've been there from a junior and I love the club. How'd you survive financially? Was you just living on fumes or what? Pretty much. Like, I was just lucky I lived at home and dad would help me out a bit. You, like, fuel money? Because it would cost you fucking yeah. a million dollars. Well, I was, had the 20s contract, but that was only like fucking a couple hundred a month. Yeah, it's nothing. It's, <laughs> and it's on nothing. The, sometimes on a Wednesday, like, it would just be a recovery day. So I would stay, I wouldn't go to the recovery day and yep. I'd just work with dad for that day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a way I would make a couple hundred and work like week. 24 hour shift just to like make yeah. it yeah. um but wow. yeah like do you remember your first way. session in first grade do i remember it or one of your first sessions or walking um, up going holy shit there's such and such i remember actually not the session but i i think it was my second day so my first day i parked wherever i parked and the second day i remember <laughs> i went and parked in brett stewart's car park oh. <laughs> and i um he come in i think we we're all just doing our like rehab or fucking whatever it was and he come in and he goes Someone's fucking parked in my car oh, park. Oh, no. Um, he goes, who was it? Like, looking around. and Because I remember seeing, I think I remember seeing his park the day before. And I was like, oh, oh that's me. Yeah. I quickly ran out and moved it. And then he, we were all walking out to the field. And he goes, oh, someone's moved the car. Who was it? And I was just, like, hiding. And he's sort of blowing up a sword or not. And yeah. I was like, I don't want my first interaction to be Brett Stewart that I stole his car <laughs> park. <laughs> Far out. Yeah. And, like, because he was, like, because if you had just like d done it quietly, you probably would have said, oh, yes, yeah, I'll move Yeah. But because everyone now knows. Everyone knows. You can't say anything. I think I told Tommy, because me and Tommy are really close then. Yeah. And I was like, Tommy, I think that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. You actually, what's funny is your highlights. There's, I mean, I think it's either yours or Tommy's, but you're featured very heavily in his 20s. No, I think he's featured heavily in mine. Okay, <laughs> he made me look right. good. <laughs> um, 
But you were playing six? Or I was so? playing six. Six. six and, and he seven, was playing yeah. one? He was playing one, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy seeing you in a Manly jersey because I just I see you as a yeah. Storm player. Yeah, I know. So how did you go with the training and everything? Did you Were you surprised at the intensity? Was there anyone that you saw training that really stood out to you of like, wow, that's a first grader? Um, yeah, the intensity was huge, like uh, something I haven't experienced before, but I was really enjoying it. Like I'm genuinely a fit guy, so the fitness and the games and all that didn't worry me. Just like the gym and the contact was probably the, the wrestle. Heart, the wrestle. Oh, yes. Well, Seeb's come to the club and um anthony seabold anthony seabold see mainly he was the assistant coach to barrett that year really yeah Fuck, i didn't know that and he's been in, down at melbourne so he's yeah. obviously seen what they done for yeah. wrestling so every monday afternoon would go to um monday just, after yeah, the weekend I Yuck. yeah i know it's a jitsu place in in manly somewhere and i remember my first session coming up against all these boys i'm thinking Fuck, i'm gonna have to tackle these guys yeah and i remember i ran at jack Chaboy at once and he just went sunk and just pumped me and i got all these other big boys coming at me and i was just like Fuck, i just got to get my body in front as much as i can yeah yeah i just remember those sessions going holy shit i'm not looking forward to monday afternoon yep. every week <laughs> you'd honestly the night before you'd have anxiety yeah big time you'd be like oh no yeah like i'm about to get smashed it's about to be endless <laughs> rah, yep. rah. as i got older i kind of was much better at just going, you know what? What will be, will be. Because mm-hmm. I, I used to get anxious because I wanted to win everything. Like yeah. in a sense of like, I wanted to win fitness. Like I never wanted to, <laughs> I was always anal of like, I never wanted to lose even a lap. Yeah. Like whether we're, if we're doing MAS or whatever, even one. Because I used to hate the players that would fucking run like bustards for the whole session. Last one, they'd gas it. Yeah, I know. and look like heroes, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, so I won every single one this yeah. whole time, and then you wait to the end to win. You're a hero, <laughs> yeah, but I would sucks. get anxiety because I'd want to. I'd every day I'd want to win. Yeah, but I got as I got a bit older, I was like, you know what? I'll just go as hard as I can. Whatever happens, yeah, happens. Sure. Yeah. Um, but when you're younger, you're just wigging out constantly. Yeah, yeah. Far out. <laughs> um, okay, so you're in the first grade squad for that whole season for free. Ah, uh, yeah, pretty much. So I went all the way up until a few rounds in, and then I was playing twenties. And then I went up and played cup. So I was back kind of with the first grade squad for that couple of weeks, but then I got injured and I was out for like the rest of the year pretty much and um, didn't really spend any time with them Fuck. for the rest of that year. Yeah. Was that, that would have been a pretty big setback because you know, you're flying, you're flying first grade squad. Yeah. Injured, and well, then my, um, so after the preseason, I played my trial game against the Sharks. This was 2016. Mm. Um, and I had a re- like one of my better games and mm. you know, that, on the Monday coming just before the video session, my manager rings me and goes, mate, fucking, they want to sign you for two years. Yep. And I was like, let's go. This is, this is where I want to be. Like the club I've been at my whole life. Mm. I'm, I'm keen to sign. I don't give a shit what money it is. And then, um, yeah. And then we played twenties that I played twenties at first round against the Bulldogs and we got smashed and, um, they're like, Oh, we want to put her on hold. <sighs> yeah yeah i know and then i was like oh no and then our 20s team didn't win a game for the first like 10 weeks oh yeah fuck. and i um so then like baz is like no nah, i don't want you playing that team anymore like yep. come up and play cup and i yep. went and played cup it was like one of my best games in yeah. like, i've ever played and it was in that cup game and then i was going to be playing cup for the rest of the year mm. and then the next week was like the, the rep round maybe we used to have a rep round it was a bye but the 20s played a catch-up game yeah. So I went and helped him out to try and get him a win, and that's when I got injured. Oh, yeah. Fuck. And then I didn't play cup again for the rest of that. And you didn't year. get that contract? I didn't get the contract, and I was like left there with nothing. But uh, it is what it is. Like, I don't have any, you know, I don't hold Manly accountable for it. Like, I've got, still yeah. got to play good footy when I come back from injury. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I, oh. I was hoping for that mu- two year contract, and it just didn't happen. <laughs> Shows you how much like footy is about timing and luck sometimes. Yeah. Big like time. You, 
if 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 you didn't have the attitude that you have uh, like a lot of players similar to yourself obviously they might not be as talented as you but they go you know what they go back to new south wales cup and they just lose the passion for it because they're just like yeah, stuff it man sure. i'd rather just get a real job yep. i'm not playing for peanuts um okay so so you don't you don't get the the gig um you don't get the gig with Manly, and then there's no NRL clubs interested. No. And so, do you go looking for Mackay Cutters then, or is that what, what well, happens then? So it's like I think it's like the week of the last game. Um, so Steve Shepard, he was the Mackay coach, but he was at the Cowboys under twenties. Yeah. And he was obviously seen me play over the past couple of years, and I think he contacted. I think he knew Seabsy pretty well, and Seabsy told Chatty, uh, the coach, and he just gave me a tip. He said, "Oh mate, there's a guy from up north Queensland who's." You know, wants your number and wants to have a chat. I'm going to give it to him. You know, it could be good for you. Mm. And then I was just like, he hadn't called me yet, but at the time I was like, nah, fuck, I want to get an NRL club. Like, I don't want, I want to be NRL. I don't give a shit what happens. I'll go for free again. I want to be NRL. Absolutely. And I was getting impatient. I was a very impatient person then. And talking to my manager and he's going, mate, you might have to, you could get an NRL club, but you just might have to be part-time, you know? And I was just thinking, no. And then, um, like I said earlier in the podcast, this guy ended up ringing me, pup. And he was just ringing me and ringing me, like making me feel wanted. And he was the first guy that's ever gone, you know, like he really, really wanted me and made mm. me feel good. Yeah. And I followed the Cowboys like my whole life. Big Jonathan Thurston fan, big Cowboys fan. And I was just like, had a thought, think about it, had a yarn to my dad. And I was just like, maybe if I go up there, have a really good year, can work my way into the cow system, that'd be a dream. Like, mm. And then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to get out of my comfort zone. If not, I'll probably be stuck here my whole life. You know, ended end up just doing what my mates do every weekend, going out, partying. Like, yeah. you know, if you're going to give it a red-hot crack, get out of your comfort zone. Like, people have to go through reserve grade sometimes. Yeah. So I did it, and I was just like, um, yeah, I spoke to Pup again, and I said, I'm coming, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go give North Queensland a crack. Um, and and went That's, up there. Well, <laughs> when you rocked up to Mackay, for the, what's that for? you going, fuck, what's going on here? Yeah. No, no disrespect to Mackay, but... Manly's a bit of a night, like it's cruisier. Let's just yeah, put it that way. Yeah. What was it like? Um, it was different. It was like, a, I've never really been in a town where it's a bit of coast, bit of country. Yeah. <laughs> it was just yeah. so, it was so hot too. I remember like oh. me and my dad and um, stepmom and me, mate, were like unpacking the car into our house and we were just dripping sweat. It was like I was in Bali for schoolies again. That's how hot it was. Did everyone move up with you or just? No, nah, so my move? dad, the legend, like he got in his ute and, um, put some stuff on his ute and uh, we'd done the drive up together. Yep. So like him and my stepmom and me and like, one of my best mates, TJ, because I got him a little training trial gig up there. Mm. So we drove, we took like four days and just, just casually drove up there, did a little holiday as well. Um, but yeah, I just remember sweating that day and um, yeah, we, we moved in and my old man left and I was like, getting real emotional. That was that first time leaving home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, was, it wasn't too bad at start, but I um, didn't really have a whole heap of money. Yeah. Um, and like I was doing a bit of work with NRL development at the time and like it was off, like it was the end of season. So there's no really work coming around. So I kind of didn't have a job mm. when I first got there and uh, it probably it didn't work out how I planned for that, that first um, six to 12 months. That's for sure. Was it just tough as? It was tough. Did you begin to question? Cause like usually if you're going to play NRL, you can at least find a club They'll give you like you know training trial or 50 grand contract or, or just something small to get you by were you rattled by the fact that you just couldn't seem to get another NRL club was that something that hurt your confidence this may not work for me or were you always like i will make it work no it did it hurt my confidence big time like you know i've went from the highest of high of 
training with first grade, like at Manly with Terry Chervin, Jamie Lyon, um, you know, even Tommy, who I grew up playing with my whole life. I was on a high, like I was loving it, getting, I was going to get offered a two-year contract and then you know, obviously then I got injured, then I got told that I wasn't wanted at the club mm. and then I've gone to, you know, having just a reserve grade contract, like you know, that, that shoots the confidence big time and you know, as a young kid, sometimes you don't know how to handle with it and when you're playing 20s, I don't know if you, you might have played in the 20s. I didn't play 20s, you I didn't? was, I debuted the year it come in. Yeah, okay. Um, so obviously for us, when we're playing 20s, we're following around everywhere. Yeah. We're just thinking, fuck, how good is this? We're pretty much NRL players. Yeah. The next step <laughs> is not reserve grade, it's straight in the NRL. Yeah. We're getting used to playing in the stadiums, flying around the with it, you know, the jersey. Like, all you're thinking about is next step is first grade and yeah. it didn't happen for me. And mm. I'm seeing like some other players who I played against going straight in the NRL and I'm just thinking, fuck, why is that not me? Yeah. And I probably could have waited out and been a little bit more patient and, and tried to get like a, you know, you know how I went to Sunday Coast and got the preseason with the Storm. I could have tried to wait, like maybe when a club offered me a preseason, but mm. I don't know why. I just felt like he wanted me there. I wanted to be there. Cowboys, let's just go. And I just done it. And in hindsight, maybe I should have waited back a bit, but I'm not going to change what I've done because it's made me who I am right now. And I've went through those challenges, but. I'm here now talking yep. to you. I wouldn't maybe not be talking to you right now if I didn't do that, you know? 100%. So, um, yeah, I, I done it and fuck it. I always say like it was either going to make me or break me and <laughs> fucking hell, it's just close from breaking me, but <laughs> I got through it and I'm here. <laughs> what was the toughest time in that first six to 12 months? Were you playing poor footy or was it? Uh, no, it was like, so I had a missus at the time mm. um, and then so I moved away. She stayed, you know, first time away from home, no money. I remember after the Chrissy break, I come back up to Mackay. We went to, I went to Byron for New Year's and like spent me money. And I remember going up to Mackay after the Chrissy break and New Year's and I literally had like $300 in my bank account. Mm. And I was on, like, what do I do here, seriously? Yeah. And then I had to ring up dad and uh, ask for some money and he transferred me some money. And then that was, went pretty quick. So then I had to ring up mom and ask for some money. And, and I literally, like, it was just a struggle. Like it was the biggest struggle and then, um, you know, me and the missus were kind of going downhill. Um, yep. So I was struggling with that. And then it just come to a time where I was just, just fucking broken, man. Like yeah. it's everything, everything just started adding up. Yep. And I just remember one night I was just in my, my room and looking at the ceiling, just fucking just, just cried. Mm. And I just thought this isn't working out how I planned. Yep. You know, me mate, me mate ended up going back because he had a missus back home. So he didn't stay. He went home. Oh. Um, I got some... I got one of my boys to come in, Boothy, but you know, that's I just. Booth just, that's just signed with the Titans? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he'll be brought up and he's a main part of why I'm here still, actually. Um, yeah, so like I was just no money. You know, me and my girlfriend are pretty much done. Um, missing family. It just, just nothing was at, like working out. I just planned in my head it was going to work out. Yeah. And yeah, it was just, I just started going down the slippery slope very, very fast. Yeah. And um, just come to a point where. I think it was, would have been a few rounds in. Um, I think we just got flogged by Townsville Blackhawks. And then a week later, um, you know, Mrs. rang up and said, nah, we can't do it anymore. So, mm. you know, I literally had to fly home. I wanted to try and sort my life out back home. Um, and it just, just didn't work out how I thought I was going to do when I went home, come back up and... Um, so as in you, you flew back to try to get the relationship to yeah, work? Yeah, and it, it just didn't. Yep. And, um, you know, flying back up alone... You know, no relationship, no money. Like, yeah. I was just, I just fucking, you know, I was just an emotional wreck. And yep. the 
our, um, our coach said, mate, you've got to go see a doctor. I went to the doctor and he diagnosed me with depression. Mm. And, you know, I was like... Good coach. Good coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were big believers of mental health then. Uh, or not then, they are. But they really drove it. And yep. he must have obviously seen something in me. And um, I knew I knew that there was something wasn't right with me because yep. was, that was going on for a couple of months. And, um, yeah, and I, I was sitting in my room alone for a long time going, what's wrong with me? And yep. not letting anyone know. And I was too worried to call dad and, and my mum and my brother at the time. So I didn't really call them until it was at its worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I got diagnosed that day, I remember I went home and just cried and like Boothie and that come in and was just going, what's wrong? And I said, I told him and I was just so embarrassed, like really embarrassed because you, know, you grow up as a footy player, you know, you, you're the popular kid and you just mm. don't think that anything like that's going to ever happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I just remember that day, it was just, it was just, it was just ridiculous. Like yeah. I was just so embarrassed and it just happened. And I just feel like I didn't know whether I had it my whole life through the trauma with my mum. Um, and then now it's just got kicked off or whether it was just all that happened there at the time it mm. just kicked off but i just reckon i was probably uh, had it for a long time and just that moment there breaking up with the missus no money away from home i just it just all hit me at once and just went bang and yep. yeah and, and I, I dealt with it dealt with it for a long time i just very very lucky that i had um you know a, a good support network in, in my family do you um, think that like and I'm not a therapist or whatever. I just, I guess, I can relate uh, to a certain degree. Do you think it was you being successful at rugby league kind of masked a lot of the issues oh, yeah, that you sure. had? Yeah. And as soon as rugby league, the one thing that went good in your life wasn't going good. Yeah. You didn't have that one saving grace to turn to and go, well, at least I'm good at footy. Like yeah. at least I'm fucking a good footy player. At least I'm going to play NRL. Yeah. Whereas, like, as soon as it came to the point where you're thinking, I actually might not play that, then you start asking yourself. What, I, what am I? What am I even here for? Exactly right. And obviously, me not getting an arrow contract after 20s mm. and then seeing like the start of that year, some of the players I used to play against and I thought maybe I'm just as good as we're playing yep. NRL. Mm. And I was just like questioning whether I'm good enough now. Mm. And, and like you said, it got because footy wasn't really that, that, that what it, I thought it was at the time. Mm. And it just kind of got taken away from me and I just wasn't where I thought I should be. Um, and I start, we kind of, didn't have a great start of the year in Q Cup and you know I wasn't playing great footy and I was just questioning whether fuck am I good enough anymore yeah, like yeah. am I I'm playing reserve grade I'm not really carving it up like yeah you know you, you expected to carve it up if you're coming up here as a as a main signing for the Absolutely. team and yeah and then I was just like I rang home and I thought fuck I'm gonna throw it in I'm coming home yeah you know I want to I'll be the local hero playing for our, our local club and just play that get a job and you know no, that's me yeah and then you know that's when the family like no nah, you're not coming out they knew how good you were yeah. they knew what they knew, they what knew i had ability of. yeah and they knew what i was capable of yeah and i just probably forgot about it yeah um and they just had to put me in the right direction and you know i said it on the, the yktr podcast the other day um my brother actually got up me because i said um my mum said you know think of the five-year-old um, kid that when you had a dream but it was actually Wade, Wade reckons he said it I oh, really? said it but so what the, one of them said it to me he said just think of the five-year-old Nico you know when you were a kid when you used to fucking put all the footy gear on go to sleep in it you know think of the dream you had back then and don't yep. let him down go fucking go make it go yep. do it and then it, it really resonated with me like fuck you know I'm not gonna let down my fucking five-year-old self yeah you know, I'm gonna work hard and just imagine how good it's going to feel when I get up, when I get through this, nice. get to where I want to be, mm. you know, and, and I run out in the NRL field and do my family proud. So that moment really made me want to turn, turn the corner. Yep. Um, 
you know, I was just I was just very lucky that I had them in my corner. And Aaron Booth, like Aaron Booth, went through the rode the wave with me big time. I mm. um I remember one day he come home to me just curled up on a ball, crying, and he mm. just I rang him up. I said, please come home. Like, he had to leave work to, to come home to me like oh, that. Wow. He was like, fuck, I didn't know I was going to come home to that day because he knew how bad I was. Yeah, hundred percent. But that's not that was just my headspace at the time. I was just didn't know what was going on. Like I couldn't deal with my emotions and yep. just it just all hit me. And you know, I started seeing counselors. Um, I didn't. I don't think I reacted well to the counselors. Like, yeah. So the first lot of counselling I'd done, I didn't really enjoy. Um, and I went home for the off season after that year, and you know I had a big weekend. And um, yeah, I think I got on. I must had some party drugs. Got on the um, drink for the whole weekend. A big bender. Mm. Um, and yeah, and. I had to come down and, you know, it all hit me big time back like then. the worst thing that you could worst, do. Yeah, the worst thing I could have done yeah. in my, my, my head uh, space then. And, yep. yeah, and that, that day I literally like, was like, what am I doing here? What's my purpose? And yep. I remember just walking around mum's house looking, I was like looking for a rope and I was like, wow. and then I couldn't, couldn't find it. And I just thought to myself, fuck, what were you going to do even if you found it? Were you actually going to do it? But yep. to even have those thoughts, absolutely, it was just, just hit me then going, fuck, I do not want to feel like this ever yep. again. And then I went back up to Mackay because I re-signed and I sat down with the captain. His name's Tom Murphy. And he just gave me so many harsh, harsh truths, say, like, so many, like, no, no one's ever sat me down and just really, like, said some truths to me just saying, like, if you don't sort your fucking self out right now, you're going to end up being furniture here in Mackay. You're not going to go anywhere. Like, yeah. you're not going to become an NRL player if you don't sort your off-field right. Yeah. Um, and he just just really sat me down and laid the law to me. And I was like, fuck, I needed that. And he said, go fucking see cancer, do it properly. Otherwise, yeah. you, you know, you're going to be stuck in and you're not going to live out your dream. And I respected that so much because no one's really done that to me. Yeah. And I went and seen counselling again, done it properly, started to get my life on track again. Um, and then we didn't have a good year as a team, but personally I had a really good year. Yeah. And then, yeah, ended up getting an opportunity. Wow. That's just like, it's, there's so many little things that, that went, I mean, obviously a lot of things went wrong, but when you look, I mean, I'm a, gla- I'm a glass half full kind of guy. There's so many things that went right to keep you here, keep mm. you on the straight and narrow and not go the wrong way. Um, and yeah, like the suicidal thoughts, the, the bizarre thing is like when you're in that headspace, you don't actually realize, even if you're saying to yourself, oh, I may not have done it or, or whatever, the fact that you're even thinking that, yeah, that's the problem. Like, that's a, and it's yeah, a slippery slope because if you're thinking that, if you keep thinking like that, It'll, you'll eventually get to the point. But when you're in that headspace, you don't realise that that's the headspace you're in. Exactly right. It's only until you're out of it and you're like, I wouldn't even think about that. No. that. So it's very hard to relate to someone that's in that mental headspace because they're not thinking the same way yeah, not at all. that a normal person's thinking. No. They're questioning certain things that you wouldn't even think yeah. to question. Yeah. Um, I'd walk around like in the shopping centres back home and I'd like be embarrassed and scared to walk through there because... They, didn't, they had no idea what I was going through, but yep. I thought they were looking at me, judging me and laughing at me because I had depression yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Absolutely. But they had no idea, but that's Absolutely. just what goes through your mind. You just 100%. think of the most silliest things. Mm. And like looking back at it, I just can't believe that, you know, that I, was, I could th- had those thoughts in my head because yep. right now like, I would never even think like that anymore. Yep. Um, the bizarre thing is though that when you're in that moment, you're not thinking it's weird to think like that. Yeah. You're, that's just your reality. Exactly right. You don't have the foresight to know like this isn't normal. You're just like, this is the, this is the way I live now. This is yeah. the way I think. For sure. Um, mate, it's so, so good that you had the guy there that gave you the hard truths. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and for people also, when it comes to mental health, the recovery, 
it's not an overnight thing. No, nah, not it's at all. It's a slow process. What yep. was that process like for you? Yeah, well, it was just seeing counsellors. Um, you know, I went once a week and, and seen him. And then I think surrounding myself with, with positive people. Yep. Um, you know, Aaron Booth was one of them. He... It was exceptional through what it a all. a legend. Yeah, legend. Absolutely. Legend. Beer. Hey, Boothie, you want some beer? I'll send you some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he, he, he was great. Um, and then I tried to, I think I had to stay off the piss for a little while, but purely because it's a, it's a depression anyway in itself on the piss. Um, yeah, and just constant calls back home to dad, mm. um, brother, yep. um, you know, even, even some of my mates. And then I think, I don't know, just trying to just get into a better headspace, like yeah. just just working extremely hard on on the little things, you mm. know, and just not not looking at the bigger picture of being in the NRL or other players playing NRL, mm. um, you know, and just just controlling what I could control, and and yeah, I, st- I started to do that. I started to pick myself up, um, you know, just, and, and people being there for me, and then starting to play some good footy again. Mm. Um, I, I was never a big believer of. You have to get your off-field right to, to play good on-field. I was always like, fuck, I can just turn up and play yeah, 80 minutes on the field easy. I don't give a yeah. shit what's going on behind my life behind closed yeah. doors, but that was, I was so wrong. Yeah. Like, once I started getting all the shit together, that's when the footy started playing good again. And, yeah. you know, I started getting confidence back and started, people started believing in me. And, um, yeah, and then I eventually had this, the Falcons reach out and um, off I went kind of thing. Uh, so, so the Falcons reach out. But do they reach out as a purely reserved rate or do they reach out of if you go well here, the storm, they know who you are, there may be an opportunity? Yeah, well, at first, I remember the day I played against the Falcons at Bowen as a country round and Harry Grant tries to tell me all the time that he's the reason why I got to the storm. Oh, turn it off. <laughs> turn it off. Um, so Flano, Chris Flannery, yeah. um, he's the CEO there and he came up to me at the pub because everyone goes to the pub after the game um, and he's like, oh, Nico, what are you doing next year? And I was like, oh i don't know why what do you got and he goes mate we'd love to have you at the sunny coast and i was like fuck yeah that'd be mad yeah because i was always trying to get into the cows but they kind of brushed me mm. um and then I, I mean he spoke to me manager and at first it was i was signed two years first year um no preseason storm second year preseason yeah so i think they might have had their preseasons like already offered out to other people yeah and i was like fuck just try to get the preseason and then like like a week later I think it turns out my manager texts me was like mate we've got the preseason and I remember I was working at a, a primary school and as a teacher aide I looked at my phone I literally like was starting to tear up I was like fuck no way yeah. this is my opportunity like this is it Yeah, this is what I've been yeah. waiting for the for Melbourne so, Storm too. Melbourne Storm yeah like I was did they just win the comp they would have like, 2019 um, so 18 eight, was nah Roosters. they lost to the Roosters and for the year of 17, they won the comp? Uh, 17 won. Yeah. 17 so, yeah, I mean, they're the Melbourne Storm. They're fucking unbelievable. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, far out. Let's go. And then um, I was really starting to prepare to um, to go to the Melbourne Storm. And yeah, Harry reckons at the pub that night, he, he got axed. Oh, <laughs> Flano, Flano asks Harry and goes, oh, who do you think's better out of um, you know, the halves in the kiting? Because what we want them. And then... Harry thinks he reckons he's like, oh yeah, Nico was good. Let's get Nico. He seemed, seemed like a good bloke and all that. And I was like, fuck off, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> he, till this day, he reckons he got me there. But um, Harry would have been in like his second year of first grade, third year. Oh, sorry, even, second no, year. Sorry, reserve grade. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> the coach is like, oh yeah, you reckon, mate? Yeah. Uh, that's um, hilarious. So if I was yeah. Harry, I'd claim it too, though. Yeah. I'd claim it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, and then I finished my time up in Mackay. Um, and then I, you know, I was going to go 
to the Falcons and, and work my way down to Melbourne. What's the like, the butterflies rocking up to that? That You would have been so excited rocking up to first day of preseason with yeah. the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, big time. I um, Well, before that, I remember like ringing my old man um, saying that I'm going to do a Storm preseason. It's yeah. like something I've been waiting to call in for because like me and my dad, um, you know, obviously we've grew up together with footy mm. and he was always my coach and he supported me through the whole time with footy and, and he was the, the guy I always, I, I still do always turn, turn for for footy. So I, to give him that news was huge and yep. to give him more news that I'll talk about a bit later was even better. But so when I'd done that, that was fucking unbelievable. And, and I knew that once I got the Storm preseason that this opportunity could be my very, very last. Like yep. I could never get an opportunity to be in an NRL system again. Mm. So... I wanted to, in that, I knew how hard the preseason was. So that off season, I trained my absolute ass off to yep. prepare myself for the Melbourne Storm preseason. Um, yeah, so I'd done a mini preseason before the preseason. So I went down there the first day, like walking into the doors. I was just like, far out. This is the unbelievable. The mecca of rugby league yeah, pretty much. Yeah, And, you know, all the boys coming up and making me feel welcome, shaking your hand. And I was just like, fuck, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, yeah, where have the Melbourne Storm been my whole life kind yep. of thing, you know? And stepped foot on the field and it was just the intensity was unbelievable and the coaching staff the, the way they you know every little detail they put into it it was just amazing and i remember i think it was like the second or third day i um literally i literally said so this is the footy field i just put my foot onto the footy field and billy slay's already there with his hand out shaking my hand like no asking way. who i am what i'm about where i'm from and that and That's i was so like, rare far out. like this is the goat of yeah. fullbacks literally of queensland everything like i grew up hating Queensland yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like just to see how much care and how nice he was for me who I'm not even a contracted player there yeah, like, I'm yeah. just not there on a preseason so you're a Q, you're a Q, Q cup player yeah. he, like he doesn't even have the like he doesn't even have to come over and yeah. talk to me you know what I mean and to, to be honest and you would back this better than anyone like the amount of no offense to Q cup players the amount of shit Q cup players that come and train with first grade mm. and just like they do one session they can barely handle the fitness yeah. and they and they're just gone yeah they just get rotated through so much so yeah. it's like very obviously you show everyone respect everyone does that yeah. but there, it comes to a point where if you come up to every single q cup guy and try to build a relationship they're usually gone in two weeks yeah. and you never see him again yeah exactly right um, exactly so for right. billy to do that it just yeah. shows you what yeah. kind of bloke he is and he was just willing to help me out from that from that day on and um yeah i just just proved what the melbourne storm play is about like mm. He's been retired, um, or he, he just was retired, but for him to care about every single player in that building yep. is just what Melbourne Storm players are about. And Absolutely. I just knew then and there he was a legend and I just wanted to be at that club. Yep. And hard, very, very hard pre-season doing the IDQ camp. Did you do the army camp? Army camp. I was going to say, yeah. all that training, did it prepare you for the army yeah, camp? Yeah, like I was so nervous because all the boys like were literally talking about it, like, oh, I can't wait for you to go on the army camp. <laughs> um, but literally like, I think two days before the army camp, Cheese messaged me and I, I've played against Cheese and knew yeah. a lot of mutual friends of him, but he messaged me going, mate, if you go win that army camp or go kill it, there's your contract. 100%. He said that to me and I, like, I just got a random message off him. He's never spoken to me before. And I was yeah. like, fuck, that's mad if he's just told that. That's, then, that's, to hear that from a guy that's in it, it gives yeah. you so much hope and like motivation. Exactly right. Exactly right. And I was just like, fuck, I'm going to go kill this. Yeah, like, fucking oath. This is my chance. And Bells was there watching the whole time. It was so funny. Was it like, 72 hours, 48 hours? It was like, um, it was three days, two nights, I think. So 72 hours yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, fuck. Yeah, it was it was mad. Like we had a great crew, and 
Um, you know, you learn a lot about yourself on those things. Bloody oath, you learn a lot. Yeah. And you, you know what? You learn, you find surprisingly people you thought that are mentally tough aren't. Yeah. And people who you didn't think were mentally tough are. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's a very, like, you can't explain it. You can only speak about army camps with people that are not, not like little pissy army camps that are for fun. I'm talking about the hardcore ones that obviously we've been on. Unless you've been on one, you don't really understand mm. how like how in-depth and how mentally, how far they'll push you mentally. Yeah. Further than you'll ever think you could go and you'll go further than you ever thought you could yeah, go. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And I um, remember we were doing this bloody walk and it was just, you can't talk to anyone for hours. Yeah. You just have to walk in silence. <laughs> and I got these big blisters on my foot and I remember... I was like, fuck, I need to go see the physio to get him strapped up so I can keep going because they were counting how many laps you were doing. Yeah. And I remember I, um, I went over to the, thing, the physio and quickly took it off and Belzer was like right there. And I was like, no, I yeah. wish he wasn't here right now because he must think I'm like... Being soft. Being soft. And then he's like, he was taping it up. I was like, no, I'll be sweet. I was just get it on right now and let's go. And I've already like, they've already, all the boys have done a couple extra laps before I've done it. Yeah. And I just went, fuck, this could be like him counting me out for this contract yep. and then I just put it on and I just flew <laughs> flew for ages to try and yep. catch up because I was like no this is this is going to hurt me yep. and I remember just thinking come on think of your think of your brother think of your mum think of your dad think yep. of your family let's go and I just flew around as fast as I could to try and catch up with the boys end up coming like third I think but yep. Shando and Tommy Izo were flying I couldn't yep. catch them who but won yeah. it? Uh, Izo Izo won our one wow him and Shando were neck and neck um, it's always the guys that are like the most desperate for it for yeah. to win you know yeah. what i mean like yourself was so desperate yeah. shandor was trying to make it in the nrl again and then yeah. uh, obviously um tommy was like reserve grader yeah you know? yeah well tommy got like the he won it and then me and shandor got like honorable mentions okay so that's like yep. second or third i don't know what what you can give or take what honorable mention is whether they're saying that you've yeah. done well because you started shit or you've done well through the whole thing i don't know but i uh, know i think honorable mentions is like you 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 went well yeah like you went well yeah and then after that i remember yeah we were all like when you come back from the army camp the whole the whole melbourne storm club's out there having a barbecue yeah and you come back and you just see everyone there and they're all in silence and uh, you drop down do a few more push-ups and get up and then they start um, saying who won it and all that and then afterwards like it's just a big round of applause for the whole Fuck, club and yeah. every single one of the boys come over and shake your hand and like ask for the stories and that it was so mad like yeah. it was one of the best feelings and then like Frank come over to me afterwards and he goes hey Nico how are you like, and I was like yeah good and, and then Frank's like mate Craig was really impressed with you um, we want to invite you back after Chrissy for a couple more weeks Fuck, and I was yeah. like oh yes that's sick that's hectic let's I go was, I was like fucking so pumped um yeah, it was just it was just an unreal feeling, and then obviously got to call my parents and say, you know, because that was my goal to, to be invited back, so yeah. I ticked that off. Um, and then the, inv the invitation was to come back to the Geelong camp for two weeks. They do a Geelong camp, um, so I went back and done that, and like that was torture, yeah. like because it's all like in that time of the year, it's thirteen to be thirteen. They're getting real serious, yeah. and like I was just off to the side running the whole time. <laughs> I know, and I was like, "Fuck! What have they invited me back for? I'm just it's off to the side doing up. nothing." Yeah, yeah. But you know, that that uh, camp, I learnt hell of a lot. Like so much, like in the meet, just in the meetings and yeah, um, everything that's going on at the club. Fuck! I learnt shitloads, and then. After that, we went and done this big hill session for the final day, and um, I was saying goodbye to him again. And you know, Aaron Bellamy and Bells was like, "Mate, thanks for your time. You know, we'll get you back down for a trial, and you never know what can happen. Go play good footy, and you could be back down." And I remember going on home on that flight um, back to. I went back to the sunny coast, and I had this book and everything I wrote down in that preseason, and I just summarised it all. 
I just wrote everything down that I need to do to go and be signed by Craig Bellamy. Like mm. What I need to implement in my training at Sunday Coast, how I need to start the season, how I need to play and what Craig Bellamy sees in his players. And I just wrote it all down. Mm. And then um, I mean, I'll just keep reading it. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to go tr- train at the Falcons like I'd be training at the Melbourne Storm and then prepare like I'm going to be playing for the Melbourne Storm for the Falcons. Fuck, smart. And, and for that first five to six, seven, eight rounds, whatever it was, mm. I played really, really well. Yep. And then Frank calls me up one day and goes, Nico, we want to sign you. Fuck, and yeah. I was like, no way. Because I literally, I was on the phone to my manager. I was at the, uh, the Australian Zoo with my brother and um, sister-in-law. And my manager called me and goes, mate, there's a, you know, a couple of clubs interested. Just want to let you know, like, I keep playing good footy. Yeah. Um, I go, anything from Storm? And he goes, oh, no, nah, nothing yet. Fuck. Go off the phone and I had a voicemail from Frank saying, Nico, can you give me a call, mate? And literally got the phone to manager up. Get straight on the phone to Frank and he's saying, mate, we, have, we want you to come down. We're going to have a meeting about it next week. What yep. we want to do with you. Um, we'll give you a call next week. And then a week later he calls me and goes, mate, we want, want to sign you for next year. But not only next year, we want to bring you down right now. And I was like, fuck. Mate. That was honestly that? like the best feeling in the world. And um, that was another phone call to my dad that I was just like so happy to call him. Was it a year deal or a two-year deal? Uh, two-year deal. Fuck, how yeah. good is that? Yeah, and like, fuck, that was just like, fuck. So good, That's like sick, so man. mad just to think about everything and yep. reflect. And I was like, "Fuck yes, I'm going, I'm doing and it." And I've got the contract; it's there. I'm it. one yeah. of them. I'm one of them. Yeah. Um, fuck, I didn't get no contract after army camp. <laughs> get a contract. You know what's funny is though that the the dude, the SAS dude, invited me to come and try. He's like, "We need blokes like you in this thing, eh? If you want to come trial, yeah. come trial with us." And I was like, "Bro, I'm here to play fucking footy. <laughs> I'm not here to join the SAS army." Um, that's incredible bro um and so when you're flying down there like what's the headspace are you just like i'm gonna give everything yep. my whole life is gonna be dedicated oh yeah for sure i um yeah i ended up driving down there um my old man jumped in and helped me um podcast we listen to podcasts on the way down no no nah, nah, just music and are you a podcast man not really really like I thought you'd be a podcast man. I, like if someone says tips me up to listen to one, I will. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to start my own podcast and I've not even listened to one. <laughs> you know what? That's a, it's a, like everything that I do, like I try, I try not to consume too much other people's content. Yeah, right. Because like I want to keep, I want to tr- keep thinking along my wavelength. Yeah, you know, yeah. like and as soon as you start polluting your mind with other people's ideas, although like, you know, maybe this is the wrong advice or the wrong way to go about things. But even like little things, like I'll have other people that I work with, or whatever. That's like, oh, look what this beer company did, or what this beer company did. And I'm like, I try not to look at that because then I'll never be the same. Once once I witness that idea, I'm never going to be the same. If I didn't witness that idea, and my thinking's never going to be the same, I was gonna I'm going to go down a different path to what I would have if I hadn't have viewed that. Yeah. And so like you know, maybe it is a good thing that you aren't listening to podcasts because you might bring something completely unique yeah, right. that hasn't been done before because you're not biased what, yep. by what's come before you and thinking that there is a certain way to do things. Like, I often believe that if everyone thinks something is good, then that's not the direction to go. And what I mean by that is like, if you ever want to revolutionize something, it's actually got to feel not right to begin with. Yeah, okay. Because like, it, it's got to feel counterintuitive. Because if everyone already believes it's good, that means it's already been done. And it's, if everyone has the intelligence to think it's good, you've got to think of something that they're not going to think of. 
if you want to revolutionize something. Yeah, it's great advice, um, actually. I like that. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe that'll work for you. Yeah, maybe absolutely. you'll revolutionize podcasts. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, um, sorry, I got a bit sidetracked there. Maddie, he's always fucking sidetracked. <laughs> um, okay, so you get down there and you make your day at the same time that you did you debut same only a few year. months that year a couple months later yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so walk through the debut how that oh, come about man like remember how we were talking before um before i think we put podcast started about like being down there just holding the pads um so when i signed down there the first couple of weeks i was just kind of like uh not left to the side i was still doing everything but it was kind of just like nah yeah, you just do all the things with the reserve grade. Yeah, and, and I was you're there to kind of like make the numbers yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, and um, like obviously I didn't know that I was going down to do that. I'm not going to just walk in straight in the first yeah, grade. Yeah, hundred percent. But, but me being me, I'm just like, no, I want to be involved in everything. I want to do everything. Um, like, yep. uh, but you got to know your place, obviously. So I'll tell you. Really, sorry, I'll just tell you a quick story. <laughs> this is how entitled I was to show you, like, when you're younger, you kind of get this, like, no, no, I want to do this. Yeah, so, yeah. I remember fucking. We were all hung over as fuck in 2006 when the Broncos were made the grand final. We hadn't trained for months or whatever, um, or like weeks, maybe, you know, four weeks. Been drinking the whole time. This is the reserve graders. Yeah. And they, like, called us in to hold pads for them uh, for the grand final. And I was sooking. I was like, man, I don't want to hold the pads. Now I look back and I'm like, you should be honoured. They're about yeah. to win a grand final, you piece of shit. 100%. Oh, my God. So you're not the only one that gets impatient. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I called me dad and I was just like, man, I just want to do everything. I want to play. It's so yeah. bad. Like seeing all the video sessions now, seeing everything, how they do it all. And I'm like, far out. I want to play so bad. Yep. But I knew. I was like, fuck, I'm not going to play. Um, but then, like, fuck, come around. I forget what round it was. Because um, they were playing at Central Coast in a few weeks. And I remember back when I first started the preseason, I seen a draw come out. And I rang your brother and I was like, fuck, wait, they're playing a game at Central Coast. I want to yeah. work my ass off to, so I can be picked that game. No way. Anyway, fast forward 10 months. And... It was coming up and I was just like, surely not. Yeah, I was like, nah, damn it. No one's getting injured. It's just not going to happen. They're, they're traveling so well. Um, just keep preparing to go up the Sunday coast, Nico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then that week came and Jerome Hughes rocked up. He was, he was starting fullback and perhaps on the bench. And Romy rocked fucking up. fucking wild. Jerome Hughes, <laughs> Jerome Hughes like the second or third best half in the comp. Yeah. And uh, perhaps the Clive Churchill's on the bench. Like, yeah. fuck. Crazy, eh? And... Romy rocked up with a bad back and like he was literally walking in like he was a f- eight-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, hey, what's wrong with you? What happened? Anyway, and then we went to, I think it was the day we went to the cinema to watch the Adam Good story about, mm. um, you know, how he got racially abused oh, and man. all that. Just that, sorry, just quickly, apologies. Um, anyone that's listening, please watch that documentary. Yeah, buddy, oh. Because even I, I had a certain, I didn't know what had happened. I'd only knew what the media had portrayed. Yeah. And so even although I understood like um, Adam Good's plight, I was all, also of the mind of like, well, they're booing. That's part of sport. Yeah. Like they just don't like him as a player or, or whatever. Um, please, anyone listening to this, go in with an open mind because I, I, I was kind, I'll be honest, before it, I was like, it's sport. You get mm. booed. Yeah. I just didn't know the full story. Watch the documentary. Yeah, What's it sure. called? It's, um, um, what is that called? Oh, fuck. Sure, you look up Adam Good's doco. It's the Australia or Australian Dream. Australian Dream, yeah, yeah, Dream. yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Great documentary. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, great one. Yeah, so we watched that. But before we went in, me and Harry, cause me and Harry, um, like besties down there, we were sitting together 
Money was over here and there was like a this weird mirror in front of us. And Money's like, Nico, stop licking your lips. And I was just like, the fuck are you on about? I thought he was just thinking I was looking at myself in the mirror, like yeah. licking my lips. Yeah. I was like, Money, shut up. And he goes, nah, stop licking your lips. You're going to play this week. And I was like, what? Because then Paps walks in with a boot on, a moon boot. Oh, And I'm shit. like, he's has a bad back. Paps has a moon boot. Surely. Like, no way. <laughs> so I went, we went and watched Doco. Didn't even think anything about it. Yeah. And the next day, we um, went out to train and it was like the first time I've ever been like, they put it on the whiteboard. My name was on in fullback for the for the first grade team. Yeah. And I was like, what? There's no way. And you were named at one I or was named in Jersey at one. 18? No, no, like it wasn't on the team. It was just on the whiteboard for okay. when we go out and do like 13 v 13. Yeah. Okay. So who's in each team? So I was on the first grade team and when we done a bit of like left on right and, um, and then I like went out and like trained really, really well. And I remember like, just throwing this nice ball to Chambers, um, put him through like a hole, and then Chambers comes over going, oh, fuck, that was mad. Like, I haven't done that for ages. Like, I, I, that would be sick to play with you and that. And yeah. I think he might have gave me a rap to Belzer or not or whatnot. And I think I trained pretty well. And then Belzer come like strolling over to me. I think I was about to go do some extras, just some catching the bombs. And yeah. Crofty was there, and I was here, and he like walked. I was like, oh, he must be going to talk to Crofty. Walk straight past Crofty and come to me. Yeah. And I was like, this is the he's coming over to me here. Yeah. Um, so I was just acting cool. <laughs> he comes over and he goes, uh, so the, you know, the boys could be out. Um, you know, I, might, I might give you a crack. I thought, really? And he goes, yeah, we'll just have to see how they go tomorrow. Um, you're not going to be named to 21, but that doesn't matter if they get ruled out. We'll yep. try and change it anyway. And then I was like, trying not to smile. And then he, um, he was walking off and I was like, oh, if I don't, can I come anyway? <laughs> it was like my hometown. I was like, yeah. it's in my hometown, Central Coast, like yeah. 18th meet or something. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it is two way. He goes, oh yeah. And just kind of walked <laughs> off. <laughs> and then um, tomorrow come and like that night I couldn't sleep. Eh? Like, yeah. I didn't want to ring anyone, but I rang my brother. <laughs> I didn't want to ring dad because I knew how excited he would get. Yeah, Mum yeah. just would go insane. Yeah. So I rang my brother. I was like, oh, Wade, you know, it could be a chance. Don't get too excited yet, but it could be a chance. Anyway. Next day comes around and then I hadn't been told anything yet. So I just went and done to so the, the reserve graders were doing gym mm. and I was just like in there and I was like, oh, no one's come and got me yet. First grader doing video, like, I must be. And then Hoffy come in and go, Nico, you meant to be in here? And I was like, oh, yes. And then like ran in. I was doing the video and like the physio come in and like goes, oh, no, Husey's no good. So he ruled Husey out. And I was like, oh, one down. Yeah. <laughs> one down, one, one down. <laughs> and then I'd done all the video with the first grade first time that day and um, we went out the train. And then I was with the first grade boys again, did the session and, and I think Paps was over doing like a fitness test with our physio Jonesy and um, I was kind of seen him like, I was like kind of looking over there <laughs> and then I think I kind of seen him like walk off early yep. and I was like, oh, they must have like, must have been no good. And then after the session, Bells had come over and goes, looks like the, the two boys are no good. Far out. Like, I'm going to chuck you in. And he goes, but we've got to get a clearance off the NRL first. But if we do, you're in. And I was like, oh, no way. But then I was still like, don't get too excited. What if the NRL doesn't clear you? Yeah, I was thinking back with the, when I got really excited about that uh, contract with Manly yeah. and then that got <laughs> let down. And I was like, fuck, what do I do? Do I get excited? And the little boys like slapping me up going, yeah, just pump up. Let's go. Yeah. You're playing NRL. Fuck. And then I was went home. Well, I went to my phone quickly, called my brother. I said, go get mum, take around the dads, get the family there. Mm. And then I FaceTime him and I was like, fuck, dad, I'm playing NRL. And then like, they're all loud and dad's like, everyone shut up, shut up. What, what are you saying? <laughs> and I was like, I'm playing NRL. And, and they were just pumped, cool. man. It was mad. And yep. I said, don't get too excited. Yeah, we've got to wait until it's cleared. And then yep. next day, 
Well, Aaron Bellamy actually, Craig's son, messaged me that night going, Nick, I'm so pumped for you. Like, yep. It's mad. You deserve it. And then I text back going, is it cleared yet? And he just didn't reply. And I was oh, like, oh, far out. And the next day uh, I was at a cafe with uh, Curtis and Harry and um, I got a call off Hoffy. He goes, mate, it's clear you're playing. And I just oh. went, no way. I quickly rang my dad, told him. And then, yeah, and it was like um, that afternoon I was getting on a flight to Sydney and travel down to the Central Coast, where I was like up to Central Coast where I was from. And I was just like, fuck, there's no way. Like Chances. I'm about to debut in yep. my hometown. Right. What the hell? How does that happen, it, like, mate? It does it. That's crazy. I know. Crazy. It, was just, it was just insane how it all worked out, and yeah, it was pretty sweet. <laughs> and so, do you remember anything from the game specifically at all? The day yeah, there? yeah, plenty. I um, so I got plenty of tickets. Like there's like a whole bloody section for my family and friends. Yep. Um, stayed at Terrigal, and yeah, and then we did the Captain John and went back home to have a lunch with everyone. But the Captain John after Captain John, and then. The Jersey Prezzo was that night and dad and mum, uh, my brother and my sister-in-law and stepmom came and yeah. my brother handed me my jersey, which was unreal. Sick. And then, yeah, got to the, went the next day, got to the game and I wasn't feeling like overly nervous. I was just so excited. Yeah. Um, but then after like there was a speech and you were slapping up the boys ready to go, I was like, fuck, this is so nerve wracking. Yeah. Ran <laughs> out, looked down to my, like where my family and friends were and I was like, fuck yeah, this is so cool. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, played the game and then like after just ran over and just jumped into the crowd and yep. um, had like a special moment with my dad and, and mum and brother. Um, and yeah, and just spent that, that, that moment with all of them. It was, just, it was just so cool. Like just so glad that I got to have that moment for them. Like, yeah, absolutely. I really wanted to, to, to get there for those guys because they never, get, never gave up on me at all. And yep. they were there through thick and thin and, mm. you know, they got me to where I was and... Yeah, I was just very grateful that I got to do it there for them um, and all the boys, like in the Bells, everyone just made it so special for me and like yep. just so extremely grateful for, for how they handled it all, you know, got my family in, mm. gave me all those tickets and just made it super special. Like it was, it was a, it was a dream come true. anything from the game? Like was there yeah, any, yeah, plenty. I remember <laughs> off my first run, I think it was off a scrum and I got it and uh, Cody Walker was like, you're not getting around me, boy. <laughs> and he tackled me and then... Um, uh, what else happened? I so think you're like, damn, that's Cody Walker. Yeah, far yeah. Out. Um, I remember. Uh, I think I was on the line, and I had to get into the D line. Um, and Big George, I think it was Big George Burgess, just come steaming at Big me. Boy. <laughs> just get in front of him. Um, there was like a moment where I could have my first try assist. Um, I got the ball on the right side, threw a long ball to Suli. Yeah. Suli like jumped, put it down, scored, and I was like, yes, this is the time. And yeah. then um, went to this video ref, and he just stood out. Oh, yeah, I know. fuck. Um, but yeah, like it, it was mad. And then Crofty scoring at the very end just to, to put us in the lead. Yep. Or not put us in there, put us in the lead where they just definitely couldn't catch us. Yep. Um, yeah, it was just it was just so good. And then just after the game, getting the hug off the boys, it was mad. Um, it was okay, mad. so that year, you know, you, you play 11 matches, um, mainly as a utility off the bench. Uh, so I played 11 matches the year after. Oh, the year after. So I sorry. debuted, played one, and then the year after I played. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yep. So 2020, sorry. yeah. Yep. yep. Um, so 2020, you, you obviously you just win the premiership. But, and, and you, from my perspective, I, you know, you played in the grand final. You're a grand, you're a premiership winner. Yeah. How's it for you, for you personally? Is it a, is a very strange feeling to think like you didn't get on the field, but obviously you, you were a huge part of getting to the grand final mm. and you're in the 17. Yeah, it's is it weird? It's so weird, man. Yeah, like it's kind of hard to explain to people because you know it's 
a lot of like 90% of the people going, no, like you deserve that. Like 100%. you were in the team, you deserve that. Yep. Like, but it's kind of hard to explain. Like it just doesn't feel like I won that day. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's just because at the time when the sign went, like I was up and ready to get on, up and down. Um, and the sign went and all the boys, like I went and cheered and that, but like I just, it just felt like there was something in me that was just felt a bit weird. Yeah. But then like I look at, all the boys who were celebrating who didn't even weren't in the 17 yeah you know i was like fuck every single one of those would have killed to be where i in that position yeah absolutely and when i put the ring on like i was like fuck i've got a premiership ring man that's that's unbelievable 100%. like i may not ever get this again mm. and then you know i'm lucky that i'm in this 17 this group of boys who just won a grand final and you know it was hard like it was, it was very bittersweet um but at the end of the day like i'm a premiership player for that yep. team and Absolutely. No, I'll be on the walls there forever as a premiership player, and no one mm. can ever take away the ring from me. Um, you know, I played eleven games in a row leading into that grand final. So, yeah, it's it is what it is. Um, if I could look go back and play in the game, I can definitely. But now it's just even made me hungrier for more and, and to yep. to be a main player in the grand final. You know, so mm. um, yeah, it's it's so hard to explain those emotions of being a grand final winner but not actually getting on the field like it's, yeah. it's hard man it's hard. like in reality what is the difference like if you ran on there for a minute and made two tackles does that really make you more of a premiership winner do you know what i mean yeah I like and where is that line between how many tackles and how many minutes do you have to be on the field before you feel like okay i'm a premiership yeah. winner is it do you have to be on the field for 10 minutes five minutes three minutes yeah exactly right that, um that's a that's a great question to be I, honest and but but that's i think it like it leans in your favor of like it's an arbitrary number it, it doesn't matter you're in the 17 you name yeah. that 17 your role that day was to not get on the field that was your role in the team to not because yeah. like it was shouldn't have been but it was to the death um yeah, I, I mean, I, I see you absolutely as a premiership winner. A little bit different to like 18th man, in my opinion. Yeah, like, for sure. I can understand why an 18th man would feel, mm, you know, I'm, I'm not like, yeah. okay, yes, I was in the squad. But I think if you're named in the 17, regardless whether you play or you don't play, you, uh, you, that not playing is a role. Yeah. It's, it's a role. Um, but I also understand the competitor in you, yeah. the, the high standards in you was like, I wanted to get on and play in the grand final and make a difference kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I remember seeing a stat fucking halfway through this year. Some guy on Twitter goes, oh, Nico Hines, is, um, he's won an Origin Series and a grand final without playing a single minute. And I was just <laughs> like, man. <laughs> That's fucked. Yeah, I didn't win an Origin Series. I was just 18th man for that third game. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't count that me winning an Origin Series. There's yeah. no way in the world. Um, but, yeah, like, winning the grand final. Like, I go through stages, man, where I'm just like yes i've won one or no i haven't you yeah know, yes i have but i like, think you broke i think you absolutely did you're in the 17 yeah. like it's not you're in the 17 like belly ache probably could have just put you on for 30 seconds would yeah. that have changed how you felt probably not you know exactly but technically you ran on the field exactly right yeah um yeah but the yeah i, I agree with the origin if you're 18th man like yeah you're part of the squad but it's not the same no. it's not really the same no, not at all. um so yeah you win the grand final like what, what leading into that you've only like at that point you'd only played like 11 games or 12 yeah. games what like were you sitting there going like what was the build-up like for the grand final were you nervous were you excited yeah it was you've gone from like a tw 16 months ago q cup yeah no nrl club is interested you're you're i mean you go back even further like 18 months you're doubting whether you'll even play rugby yeah, league exactly right to a grand final i know it was it was a whirlwind man like even like beginning of the year, I wasn't in the first grade team. 
and then COVID happened. Um, and like I was, wasn't even sure if I was going to play footy again. And then Belza chucked me on the bench one game and then gave me a crack at, at fullback. And then I played really well. And then I think he realised maybe I could be utilised as a, a utility on the bench. And yep. then I, he never kept me out of the team. But like, yeah, at the back end of the year, when we started, we went on a run and you know, I, was, I was becoming a, an important part of that team with me being a utility and, and filling in at fullback when I had yep. to for those few times. Um, I was like far out. Like I started to think, man, I could, I could possibly win a grand final on this team just coming off the bench. Like yep. how good is that? And then we went and won the semifinal into the prelim and, I was, and the boys are like, all my mates who, well, I was a bit closer with the boys who aren't playing first grade. Yeah. They're like, fuck, Nico, you could win a grand final here. Like, you could win a ring. How good's that? Like, yeah. and they were starting to get into me. Like, man, no matter how, like, if you don't, if you play five minutes, you don't get on. Like, you'd better celebrate like you've won. Hundred percent. And um, you know, it got to the grand final week, and I was like, I just still didn't know because Tui, Tui was coming back, um, from injury, and he he was killing it when he was playing, and he deserved his spot big time as well. Um, so we had the training week, had the fan days, and that. And I was named in the 17, but I still didn't know if I was playing. Yeah, so he wow. hadn't told me he was playing yet. It was on the bench. So I didn't get told until captain's run. No way. I was, um, I was in the 17. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was just preparing like I was playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the grand final week, like it was just so surreal. And it was different. Like all the boys explained it differently because we were in COVID times. We're up in Queensland. We didn't really get the Melbourne fans yeah. there. We didn't have all the, the media like Penrith would have because they were in Sydney. Um, but I loved it all. Like I loved like all the other older boys were like, "Fuck, we're doing this again." <laughs> you know, like all the media sessions again. Yeah, but yeah. for me, I was just frothing, just being 100%. around, being in the seventeen grand final week. Like yeah. this is a, everything I've dreamt of. Fucking crazy. Yeah, it was it was mad. And then flying down to Sydney, and then you know, like on the day, just seeing like looking out the hotel, and you're just seeing like all the fans walking around the street to get going to the game. And yeah. when we come down, you know, all the Storm supporters clapped us out of our hotel. Like it was just so mad. Um, and yeah, like fuck. At the end of the day, I've got a premiership ring, so it still counts. And, yep. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I think it does. Absolutely, it does. Um, and so, to this year, you get called into game three of the extended blue side. Do you remember the phone call? Were you yeah. spinning out? What was that like? Yeah, I remember. So we played, I think, Thursday night against the Friday night. I don't know against the Knights. Yeah. Oh, not not against the Knights. The Roosters at Newcastle Stadium, and then we went back to Melbourne, and we were having nine days off. Um, because we had a buy that week coming, and I was like, yeah, because I was had some niggling injuries, man. Like I was, I was rattled at the yeah, time. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, I get like nine days off here. Gonna steal a million just, bucks when I come back. But we we're on like the level four protocol, so we couldn't even leave our house oh. in, in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but I was like, fuck yeah, I'll just have a mad week off cruise. And I think it was Sunday night, and um, I think me and so me and Boothy lived together, and another lad and his missus. I think we had some beers. Um, that night That Saturday night I think we were just like We're locked in We're like fuck it Let's just have a Like a, a games night Yeah And then um, Yeah so And I spoke to Fitzy that night um, Just about Shark stuff Yeah And then uh, I was watching a movie Sunday Arvo And I had a missed call From Fitzy And he's like Call me ASAP mm. And I was like Fuck What did I say Did me and him, we mean him spoke about shark stuff. He's like, we get out and do something wrong. And yeah, I was thinking me. he might have thought that I was, um, I might have went and said something to someone about what we're talking about, the sharks, yeah, about yeah, shark yeah. stuff. And I'm going, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> and then I rang him and he goes, hey, Nico, what are you up to? Um, and what are you up to this week? Like, And I was like, oh, f- 
nothing because we're stuck in fucking level yeah. four protocols here. <laughs> so I'm literally sitting in my house doing nothing. Yeah. And he goes, oh, how would you like to come uh, be in the extended squad for the New South Wales team? And I went, fuck off. No way. <laughs> and then he goes, mate, Freddie, Freddie wants you and he's got me to call you. Uh, you're in. And I was like, bullshit. And he goes, uh, mate, I'm serious. And I said, let's go. Like, oh that's my so God. hectic. And I was just like so surreal. and I'm, I just didn't believe it. And I was just like, there's no way, man. Like, there's no way I'm about to go into yep. a New South Wales squad. Did you get a jersey? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Well, originally I was named at 19th man. Yeah. And then um, I think Danny Saf, Dennis Fiddy got injured. Yeah. And then Dale was 18th. So he got put into the front row and then I got 18th. 18th. And I wasn't, because like 18th, you wear the blue yeah. thing and you're like on the bench the whole time and, you, and you're you warm in. warm up you, in that. Yeah, you, like you're in if someone yeah. gets injured like or someone gets HIA'd or yeah. whatever. Like, and it's illegal. you're warming up in an origin game yeah what are you thinking like i'm warming up for an origin like what the fuck is yeah going man on? like i remember cause i'm always used to running out to warm up with the storm crew yeah. and like seeing the crowd and that and i remember just all of us all blue jerseys running out to warm up and looking in the crowd and just seeing the blues fans going nuts and the queensland blue on us like yeah. i was just like fuck this it's is origin hectic. game yeah. like you watch this shit going up yeah. like this is you're in it yeah like, if someone like magic round say Someone remember when someone like head hide someone got sent off. Yeah, like Paps did. Yeah, our eighth man come onto the yeah. to the bench. Like yeah. that could happen to me potentially, oh, yeah. and I'm going fuck. I've got to be be ready because I remember like our very first field session. Fitz, uh, not Fitzy. Freddie goes, Nico, you're eighth man now, so I need you to cover this, this, and this this position because if something happens, you're our man next. Yep. And I went, oh, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> so. If something happens to one of those boys, I'm next in line. Yeah. Like, I can know if that's mad. And yeah. to seeing the boys prepare all week, um, you know, the, the respect they get when they talk, all yeah. of them, um, you know, just, just little bits. Like even uh, Mars, Cam Murray, like he was so professional in everything he'd done during yeah. the week. Um, you know, Teddy, the way he goes about his things, like it was just so unbelievable. And mm. I just learned a hell of a lot. And, you know, it's just kind of made me feel like, fuck, I want to be in that squad every year from now. Yeah, and I want to absolutely. work my ass off to try and be in that squad every year. And, um, even like in that warm up, and then Teddy told me to put bombs up for me for him, and it was just like it was just mad. Like, it was so imagine cool. Imagine telling your kids in twenty years, oh yeah, I was putting bombs up for Teddy. You know, Teddy's on the path to become the greatest fullback yeah. of all time, if not the greatest, second or third, third max in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um, and you're bombing for him yeah. to warm up in an Origin yeah. game. I know. In the greatest ever margin win from an Origin from a New South Wales side. Yeah. Fucking yeah, wild, cool. bro. And then like even after. Like I got photos with the the shield with the boys. I didn't know whether I should have or not, but they told me to come into yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah, just being around the shield and just being around all the boys. Like it was just, it was something that you just like fuck. I want to do this mm. more and more and more now. Yeah. Once you get a little taste, man, you yeah. just just want it. Just want it and so bad. What, what what was the intensity like on on the ground? Like comparing to another NRL game, was it like crazy intensity when yeah. it comes to the physicality of it all? Or? Yeah, for sure. It's just like. It's like the presence. You can just feel it. Like you yeah. just feel it. Me just sitting there on the bench, like you can just feel the intensity just, just thro floating through the stadium. Like yeah. the crowd was on edge and mm -hmm. like just every collision was just so much bigger. Um, and yeah, even just during the week, like we all, everyone does the same training. Like yeah. everyone is pretty simple what yeah. you do, but like it's just to that level of just intensity. You yeah. know? And I just was like, going to training, just wanted to, didn't want to fuck up at all. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to make sure my passes were on point and everything I was doing was on point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know, I just soaked it all in, enjoyed it, and just mm. really loved training that intensity. Who was someone that you uh, really looked at and was like, wow, he's fucking 
he really brings another level. Um, oh, good question. I think Teddy, Teddy, I didn't ex- like he like did a lot of talking and he kind of took some of the drills and that. And I, you know, like no disrespect, I just didn't expect that of him. Yeah. Like I didn't know what sort of leader he was. Mm. Um, well, he's quite private, Teddy. That's, yeah, yeah. Like Teddy, and a lot of the Rooster Boys is you don't they they're very like insulated. Um, similar is sometimes to some of the Storm Boys. Obviously, you've got some louder characters and that. But yeah, Teddy, you don't really know him that no. well, which is a good thing because he, yeah. he's a private person, it seems. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm the same. I, I didn't see Teddy as a guy that... I saw him as more of a leader via action yeah, than so talk. Yeah, but, me too. You know, clearly, clearly, he's grown into a leader. Uh, I think Isaiah Yo, he, yep. was, he was really good. He, um, he just like really controlled the middle third mm. and he was very vocal about it too. Yep. Um, yeah, I just don't, I don't think there was... A whole heap of vocal people there they were just all led by their actions like yeah they all spoke in their little groups and when they were training and that mm. uh, but teddy did lead most of it yeah um like cameron murray like we we're talking off air before like i really respect him about his game more now after seeing how what he does behind closed doors you know yep. with all his rehab prehab stuff mm. um and then the way he turns up for the game he just absolutely kills it every single yep. week um but yeah like they're all very very professional yep. and um you know it's just me going into coming into NRL recently and then going into um, Origin, like it made me realise what it takes to be so professional to be in that squad. Like I yeah. need to do that every single week, week in, week out. You yeah. know, I don't have to. I don't need to just come into Origin and be professional. I need to Absolutely. do it every single week to get back there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. What's the in your head? What is the plan with with the Sharks? You know, you're you're a key signing in a key position. It seems like you'll play six, but obviously, you know, you, things change in in pre yep. or whatever. In your head, what's the direction? Yeah, well, it's kind of the first time. You no, know, it is the first time I'm going to a club as a as a main signing. So, yeah. I think I need to go there with an attitude that I am going to be a leader and mm. I am going to be a main signing. So, I need to restore the faith in that what they're putting me so yeah. i need to go there and, and work extremely hard to make sure that they know that they haven't made the wrong decision by signing me and yeah and i think that's what you got to do with going there as a main signing so and they've brought me there to win games of footy to yeah. be honest and, and that's what what it is um so i'll be working my absolute ass off to make sure that i'm putting my best foot forward so that club is in the right step to win football games yeah and they got a really, really good roster there. And you could you showed it showed the way they played it towards the back end of the year. Like they mm-hmm. were flying. They just missed out on the semis. And you know, they're gonna bring you know, Ken McGuinness, who's a captain of the Dragons. Yep. Dale Fanugan's a captain of the, the Storm, like two great leaders into a team that's got a great young players. Like mm-hmm. that's just I reckon that's you know, speaking fucking leadership and yep. hopefully success. And for me, I'm just gonna learn off uh, you know, Wade Graham, Cameron McGuinness and Dale, continue to learn off Dale and, and try to be a leader m- myself and I just think that the way I play footy is going to suit them and the way they play footy is going to suit me. So I just want to go there and just win games of footy big, play consistent footy, and then hopefully, you know, success comes off the back of that. And, you know, I just want to and try and make Fitzy's first year as coach very successful because he's put a lot of faith into me. Yeah. And I think it would be very rude of me to go there and just, you know, get the paycheck and, you know, just play for the paycheck when I don't want to do that. I want to be... A household name and I really want to play good footy and, and try yep. and bring success to that Cronulla Sharks club absolutely I, I cannot wait cannot wait now ask all the boys this favourite rapper of all time favourite rapper yeah oh probably Eminem yeah he's a gun yeah everyone says Eminem <laughs> everyone says Eminem um, favourite movie of all time 
Favourite movie of all time? I reckon Shawshank Redemption. That's a classic. Yeah. Classic. Or Law Abiding Citizen. I love that. That's fucking great yeah. too. Yeah, it's a great movie. Jamie Foxx is so talented. Yeah, big time. So talented. He's yeah. a comedian, singer, actor. Yeah. He's um yeah he's a gun mate. What a what a journey! Thank you so much for coming on, bro. I really enjoyed it, and I cannot wait to watch the Sharkies next year. I think he's will go really good, and I think I'm thinking potential top six in two years. That's what I'm hoping. Oh, not what I'm hoping. That's what I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, mate, cannot wait to watch it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Boom.